Hello and welcome to Dial H for Hero Clicks, episode 21. I'm your host, Hunter Smith. With me today, we've got a full pit crew today. We've got special guest host of the Starting Over podcast, Edward Shelton. Uh, I also have Drew Alderson, Ricky White, and Austin Smith with me. How are you guys doing today? I'm awake. Good. Great. <laughs> Edward, how's your week been? Uh, it's been interesting, but uh, sweet potato pie is great. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Austin and I, uh, we grow. We did some major grubbing down at, mm-hmm. at our grandma's, yeah. and uh, I've got like a full pan of this like Reese's it's diabetes in a pan. It, it's diabetes it cake. Straight diabetes in a pan. It's like Reese's Oreos on brownie on cake mix on cookie, cookie mix. mix, and I have like a whole pan of it left over. So I'm gonna be gaining quite a bit of weight. Coming up um, today, we're going to be talking about uh, Infinity Comics. We're going to give you a new best build assignment for December, <clears throat> and our, our main discussion today is actually going to be 2013 in review, uh, which is why I wanted to bring Edward on today, especially to give us <laughs> to give us some insight. In uh, we're going to each kind of give our our personal what we think were the top ten pieces that came out this year, and kind of recap some of the big events. For 2013, so everybody remembers, and also for some new players who may have came in just in the last few months, uh, some things that happened at, towards the beginning of the year you may not have even known about. Um, first off, let me read through all of the sets that came out this year just to give you guys an idea. There's an, We spent a lot of money on clicks this year. We had, we had Spidey in February. Uh, we had the uh, GC strategy game and the tab app those are smaller sets then we had another uh bigger size set with iron man 3 uh then we had teen titans which was a big one and was the first introduction of uh super boot of uh, a team, uh, team bases and that was actually just <laughs> since may then we had man of steel was a smaller ctd set uh, the next big giant set was wolverine and the x-men then we've had a lot of small ctd sets here over the last few months with uh Classic TV Batman, Thor Dark World, Mage Knight, Two Towers, Lord of the Rings, uh, Batman Arkham Origins. Then, of course, the the OP set of Fear Itself, uh, six months long uh, set. And then we just had Invincible Iron Man come out. Now, there will be no more sets, as far as I can tell, on HeroClicks.com between now and the end of the year. And given WizKid's track record, I don't think anything's getting moved up. Yeah, everything gets <laughs> everything gets delayed, at, usually at least a week, if not two or three. So we uh, we won't be missing anything between now and January 1st. It'll so that's quite okay, a few sets. It'll be an okay holiday season. At least we'll have money to spend on the holidays. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, out of those, what do you guys... Now, This we're not just talking uh, like meta what are the you know what best what pieces came out in which sets you know just your personal like three favorite sets what do you think edward what what kind of is close to your heart this year okay i if, if i was to say number three for me this year for the spirit of it would have to be the batman 66 or the, the batman tv show would be number three because they they actually tried to be comic booky and there's there's only a handful of characters in there that I'm like, oh yeah, those guys are strong, but they're not crazy. I do something where I warp time and space strong. Yeah. Uh, the the next one after that, uh, 
would definitely, and I, I know this one's going to sound strange considering how much hate I gave all the team bases, but Team Titans. Team Titans has a, a lot of good figures in there that I think that people are going to start rediscovering now since team bases have been nerfed. Uh, and, and really, if I was to say, like, the one that gave me the, the most emotional high, uh, it would have to be Amazing Spider-Man because, like, after Amazing Spider-Man came out, it was, like, the best of times. Mm-hmm. You know, every, everyone's like, oh, the game is getting back, and look, and I can do this, but it's not broken, and it's fun. So, yeah, I, that's that's how I would rank it. Yeah, I agree. Right, Amazing Spider-Man was one of the the better moments for sealed i thought too i thought it was a great sealed set and uh oh, yeah. it you're right the game was the game was almost i want to say perfect but it was at an excellent point where we didn't have things that were just outright dominating at every venue across the board and pieces that were like plug and play as much as we do these days i mean of course there were a few things that were super strong then I mean, Brother Voodoo, even without Heroes for Hire, was still really good, and so was Ghost Rider. But they weren't the powerhouses that they became once the the ATA came out, especially Ghost Rider. Um, and the and it was pre team basis, so yeah, it it really did feel like I was thinking about that the other day. You know, looking back at ASM was like the perfect time for Hero Clicks, and I feel like with these watch list changes, I agree that that they're going to hopefully lead back to that sort of feeling. It was the best. Where team. you're kind of you're going to be excited when you go to your ROC tournament to see what's going to place well and what kind of teams are people going to bring with these new changes in effect. Um, I personally I'm really excited and I've been doing a lot of team crafting this week and trying to get back to the roots of no team bases, no I mean you can still of course still play them, but they're not the outright dominant you absolutely have to worry about and you know uh, playing your team around how do I beat how does my team fare against here or higher because I know I'm going to face 25 of them on my way so um, <clears throat> yeah I think you're absolutely right ASM was a great time for clicks uh, let's go with our other guests uh, we'll let the guests go first Ricky what are your three favorite sets um, Captain America Captain America Captain <laughs> there America. was no cap set did cap come out this year um, <laughs> no uh, I would definitely say Amazing Spider-Man's probably my three because we got Moon Knight and like uh, Edward was saying it was a time when uh, playing Sealed was still like really fun for me because um, that was coming off the tail end of like No Man's Land and stuff right yep. so or right around the same time so I just I don't know for me that was a really fun set uh, Fear Itself I would say I mean I know it's an OP kit yeah, no it is a good set looking yeah. at it in its entirety I really liked Fear Itself I liked it in the comic you know, so it was a lot of fun to play those characters in clicks and then, you know, using the hammers. Plus, we got a really good resource from it. And then I'd say Wolverine the X-Men, even though I was a little let down by it, I still really, I really enjoyed, because I, I mean, I didn't play when Giant Size X-Men came out, so, and I don't have a lot of those pieces. So getting a, an X-Men, you know, set, a centered set was really fun for me. And, and then... You know, with the team bases coming out in Team Titans, I wasn't super interested in them because it was a DC set, and except for you know Justice League and stuff like that. You know, I didn't really want those team bases, but when Wolverine X Men come out, I really wanted to collect those. So, and they look really cool on the shelf. So, my number three is Teen Titans. I'm a huge Teen Titans fan. Um, I would have liked it. It would have definitely been number one if the set would have included 
um, like less New 52 stuff um, and less kind of side things and more focused Teen Titans pieces. Um, I also didn't care much for the chases. I mean, this, that storyline is okay, but um, I, I the set was still good, and it, and it gave us a lot of fun pieces. I really like the Ray still from that set. And uh, and Static Shock yeah. is one of my personal favorites, <laughs> even though yeah, <laughs> he's not. The, I love Static Shock as the character and the figure. I just think those trash can tokens, man. Before Precision Strike, you were not hitting Static Shock on t- the first time you go after him, man. You're not hitting him. Um, Teen Titans, probably number three. Spider Man, probably number two. And um, Wolverine, the X Men's number one. I I'm also a good X, a pretty big X Men fan, especially an X Factor fan. And we got the full, basically the every member of the X Factor in the Wolverine the X Men. It might as well have been called an X Factor. So <laughs> I was really happy with that. I also like Spiral a lot, and even though she came out stupid broken, um, I really liked the figure. I liked the sculpt, and I think they did a good job with her uh, her dial and uh, the team bases. I'm also a big Cosmic fan, and we got the Shi'ar. Um, and just the individual figures are really good and really fun to play. War Star is a blast to play. Um, he's probably my favorite out of the individual uh, Shi'ar pieces, but those are the 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 big three were were my my favorite sets. Austin, what did you like? Um, my number three is probably Invincible Iron Man. Now that I've had a chance to sit down, really dissect it, look through the pieces, um, and a chance to play it sealed, it is a well crafted set. I like it because they dialed back a lot on the willpower and Indom a lot in this set. Um, they're kind of going back to where positioning and turn pacing matters, where you let your opponent take an extra turn so you could clear and be prepared for when they move in. I kind of like that feel of the game coming back. It's what I loved about the Street Fighter sets. Um, and there were some cool pieces in it. There were some fun interactions, stuff like that. Um, I like the set. Um, it's not my favorite. I was really hoping it'd be my favorite. But it definitely earns my three for the year. Um my second set's actually going to be the Iron Man 3 movie set. Um, overall, this set... <laughs> doubling up on Iron Man here. Um, overall, the set actually had a lot of playable pieces for a movie set. Which, a lot of the movie sets... Um, they had Like, the Dark Knight Rises set had some good ones, too. Oh, yeah. Um, That's still my favorite set. Um, but I liked how many support pieces it had that I felt like I could throw on a team and really get some good use out of. Um, Killian's made his way onto some meta teams. I saw him at Gen Con in a couple top ten teams. War Machine, baby. That uh, <laughs> War Machine. Um, and Iron Man, Iron Patriot, um, I'll get into more later. I love that piece. I know Edward's a big fan of that War Machine, too. Yeah, actually, I think you I think you brought him up on the last time you were on the, the podcast. The 225.1. Um, my number one is actually Fear Itself. Um, I think it set a good precedent for future OP events. Um, it was a very good set. It had a good mix of characters, a lot of really cool sculpts and abilities. Um, it, it showed that thematic events can be done in a really cool vein. Like, No Man's Land was cool. Fear itself having its own set to go with it was awesome. And it really makes me excited about the upcoming War of the Light event. I think Fear Itself is a good set in and of itself. Yeah. Um, it kind of sucks when you play it mixed with other things because it's so a lot of those pieces are bricks, so they fall down heavy to mind control, psychic blast, outwit. But in it, if you're playing double fear itself, which we actually got to do a lot, yeah. it it is a blast, especially double. Well, that's what I was gonna say is within fear itself when you play it alone with other fear itself only, um, it's really enjoyable because it feels like the event should. It's big brick house figures tearing into each other. Yeah, and that's. 
that's what was so fun about it. It was kind of different. Like, back when we played Infinity Gauntlet, like, it was a lot of stick a gauntlet on somebody, your opponent sticks a gauntlet on somebody, and you slug it out. You mean no man's land. <laughs> so that's that's basically kind of what, what it, uh, Fear Itself felt like without the gauntlet. It was fun to take these big, huge super strength figures, just grab objects and smash each other over and over again. Um, Punky Drewster, I know you want to put Mage Knight on your your top three. I'm actually kind of regretting not putting it on mine. Okay. What do you got? Especially number, after we splurged for Number three hours. is Wolverine and the X-Men. I thought it was a pretty well-crafted set. Anything X-Men is pretty good in my book. Um, there's a lot of pieces out of it I like, and I still haven't gotten everything I want. Um, number two is Mage Knight Resurrection. It's probably my favorite set ever. If I had to come down to brass tacks about it. Definitely the best sculpt set of 2013. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. I think we can all agree on yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I don't think there's a thing wrong with it besides the price point. <laughs> but that's WizKids for you. Um, my number one is Amazing Spider-Man. Only because it's the first set I, like, actively collected. And I got all of those chases are like very near and dear to my heart. Mm. I feel like one of the things that a lot of people liked about Spider-Man, I know I definitely did, was I never felt like I opened a booster and I was disappointed with what I pulled. Like maybe if I pulled like a Frankenstein and something else, eh. But there were some, there were some really, Frank's, there were some really good commons in that set that I was fine with having dupes of. Um, there were a lot. The, both the generics were really good. And uh, just overall, a lot of the pieces are really good in that set. You know who's probably the best piece from that set that we know is really good, but most people probably still don't realize how stupid good Frank? he is? Living Mummy. Living Mummy. Living Mummy is so damn after good. Aaron, after Aaron played him that one week. What did you say, Edward? Come on, Living Mummy, really? I'm telling you, man. Check it. Check his dial out. The shamble ability is so good that the three clicks of mind control probably gets with plus two attack and eight range, two bolts right in the middle. He's he's definitely worth his points. He's annoying as hell. He's more. It's more the fact that he surprises everybody is also what makes him so good because they don't really worry too much about him. And then he just shambles his way up, hiding in the shadows until he gets in range to charge and hit you for six damage. And then as soon as you hit him, he gets onto that mind control with prop control. And we've all played him a few times and, and always had a blast with him. Um, there were a lot of good pieces in Spider-Man, aside from the obvious. Uh, well, the other thing was the primes were all really good, too, like all yeah. four of them. Hannibal King was very good. Um, Dr. Druid's a good piece. I was about to say I'm all Scarlet Spider is very good. Austin's just upset. which Scarlet Spider because there's the Charge Flurry. Charge Flurry. Yeah, Charge Flurry, 20 defense, 20 defense from Melee, and then the chance to do the trade as well. Um, our very first sealed, I had him and Ghost Rider, and somebody, I think it was Dr. Druid, actually, uh, for my 300-point team, and it was just bananas. Um, that was a really fun double-sealed set. Like that's it, It's yeah. like Fear Itself, where if you play two versus two, it was fun. So, anyway, it sounds like a, a good consensus is Spider-Man and uh, Wolverine. <clears throat> I think Austin doesn't like Frank because we let him get chokehold. He got choked. <laughs> I got choked quite a bit. During our battle royales. We're just um, like, every time we pulled one. Big moments Austin. of 2013, we had... Something about a Gen Con, right? We had uh, <laughs> the PAC changes were a very welcome big thing that happened. Um, we just did a podcast just a couple weeks ago. Uh, kind of going back now that we've had the changes for what four months or so it really i guess feel like four, four or five months. months 
and gotten to play them, like our, our thoughts on how how we think the game, how they affected the game, and for good or bad. I mean, we we all think that they're excellent changes, and I kind of hope they do it every couple years. I don't think I think every year might be a little bit too much and kind of unnecessary too. I don't. What do you What did you think about the changes, Edward? And would you like to see them again? I I think the major pack changes that we had this year was great for a couple of things. Like first off, it, it acknowledged how certain powers were a little bit too BS in the game. Um, super senses being one of them. Super senses only had one natural predator, predator, and it was the predator of all, and that was Pulse Wave. Uh, and so the same thing with Mastermind. Well, I take it back. Mastermind had two predators, but they they were like slow moving, like like predators, and that was PK and uh, Force Blast were or technically knockback. But you know, very rarely did that predator show up. That predator was going extinct. Okay, so what we were seeing is super senses being the end all be all, like un countable defense on certain characters. So having precision strike come up in the meta is is good. Sidestep, I, I think the more and more I, I look at it, sidestep should it is, is a little bit strong. But I'm, I'm not going to say it's broken yet. But when you start combining it with like hypersonic speed and running shot, that's when uh, I start hitting my limit on, on how much sidestep. Uh, I can tolerate. We've been talking about it actually last week, and I was saying it's the best out of the powers that they've added. I, I love it. I love it. Even just the chance of a fifty-fifty free breakaway chance when you're clearing your tokens, you know, just as simple as that. I mean, it has so many uses. Well, it was that power that it's kind of like precision strike. It fits a role for characters that need that kind of power. Whereas before they would have to give them charge or leap climb. Now sidesteps another option for some of those. Yeah, and and if you look at it like that, then it, it, it comes into its own. Um, the other thing I would say definitely coming out of the rules changes is with them sort of clarifying, they, they refined down improved movement a bit more, made it something a little bit clearer, and I feel they're going to have to do the same treatment to improve targeting. Um, and I, I also think Energy exploding, energy explosion, getting the love that it did, was by far one of the most game-changing things for the positive. Because now it made it so that hypersonic speed wasn't the king of the meta, and also made it so that people actually thought that you know energy explosion was useful. You know, unlike before. You know, so so that's that's how I see it. Those are. Those are my two cents for the Johnny on the spot. Yeah. Um, we also had, like Austin said, the Battle Royales fiasco, as we called it. That was actually our very first episode. And I went on a rant about uh, how they... Uh, well, let's do a quick summary for people who aren't familiar. Um, Battle Royales are a event that happens at Gen Con where four people each get... A boost or two booster is it two boosters each or one booster one each? One booster. That's what I thought. Everybody brings one booster each. You open and you kind of switch draft past your booster around until they're all gone. Then you play a battle royal. Um, people were upset 
because for the, the same way it's been for the last few years and the same way we were told on the website and by various members of WizKids on forums and stuff was it would be ran the same way it always has been, which is you can come with your group of four guys and play together, pay your money, get your boosters, and play together. Um, then once a couple weeks before Gen Con uh, started, but after Origins had taken place, they they uh, said, no, we're not going to, you'll no longer be able to uh, know who you're going to play. Basically, we will randomly assign new tables. And the main reason we were upset was because they told us this once it was too late to refund our tickets for the regular, for all the money back. Um, you could, if you went to a different line when you got there, waited in line, and then you had to take like a 10% uh, dock off of your total and a bunch of bullcrap. So... Naturally, most people were furious either at the fact that they waited until it was too late or the fact that they were the change in general. Um, there was a big argument about it for about a good week at least. And then they finally said, okay, we're going to... Uh, the other part about it is they gave a option of you can either do Battle Royals and we'll completely randomize you or you can pay extra, use super boosters, and we won't randomize you. So basically what they were saying is collusion is okay as long as you pay our premium price for it. <laughs> so it was kind of obvious that it was yeah. all a bunch of bullshit. Um, they changed their mind and basically said this year we'll run it the way we always have, but next year expect changes. So it kind of they kind of gave in on it to the consumers. What, what was you going to say? I was going to say my favorite thing about our first episode where we rambled about that, though, was I so I've seen so many people comment and say like that was the moment that sold them on our podcast because we they knew we weren't afraid to call out whiz kids on bullshit. Um, <clears throat> I know it didn't affect everybody, but it affected us because we had just paid a hundred and <laughs> what a hundred and forty one hundred forty four dollars each on generic tickets to do battle royals across the whole weekend of Gen Con, so okay. we were each pretty peeved. And uh, anyways, that was a big thing that affected a lot of people. Uh, Edward, did you get to go to Gen Con this year? No, I, I, I am in the category of the uh, economically disabled. I feel and you. So, so I am unable to go to the Gen Cons. I've heard of it, and I've helped many people build their teams for it. But unfortunately, I am never going to be a, a participant anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the one thing I've learned since doing my show is uh, you learn how good you are, and then you also learn where your limit is. You can be Mr. Miyagi, that does not make you Jeff Norris. <laughs> so so I, I, I can I can tell you how to wax on, wax off, Danielson, but uh, don't expect me to go out there and, uh, you know, break boards with my beard and stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we are actually are just kind of lucky that we live so close to Gen Con or else we probably wouldn't travel a couple, I mean, unless I, it was like Columbus or you're, something. You're, you're in Kansas City, right, Edward? Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty long yeah. drive. Speaking of which, how about those Chiefs, man? Man, I've hated Chiefs for the longest time because they broke my heart. How the heck do we not win a Super Bowl with Joe Montana? Okay, we had <laughs> Joe Montana. We couldn't win a Super Bowl. But Did he bring Jerry Rice with him? No, that was a mistake. Well, I was going to say, there done. you go. That's what we should have done. <laughs> but uh, this, this year the Chiefs are doing better, but my my opinion is they, they have to, to get far in the playoffs for me to, to start rocking the red again. Outside of 
outside of Target where I work. When <laughs> <laughs> they don't get me wearing a cheap shirt, they, they're going to have to get pretty far in the playoffs before I, they get my heart back. Um, some other big moments we had this year. We had, of course, the watch list that's just been over the last month or two where we had some pieces post-Gen Con that, that uh, were, I guess, so dominating the game and were kind of getting out of hand with a lot of free actions here and there that kind of free actions were given out like candy. And uh, so some pieces saw some changes. And here, just within the next couple weeks, uh, we will be seeing exactly how those affected the metagame. Um, there's a there's a, ROC, a pretty big ROC tournament coming up. Uh, yeah, next week, right? Yeah, Majestics. So uh, there's yeah. a yeah, Majestics in California. So the, I think I'm actually really excited to see what comes out of this tournament. And actually, that that's a, a good segue into me bringing up uh, a podcast that will be um, an ROC focused podcast called The Quarry with Edward and I, and then another player who uh, is a previous Gen Con winner. Correct? Yes. Uh, pretty much what is going to happen is with the quarry, uh, I decided that A, I wasn't going to do this by myself every week. Uh, and then B, you know, downtimes between me doing official promotion, people still want to know about the meta, but they don't want to listen to me talk for 30 minutes. And so then I thought, who else do I know? actually knows hero clicks and, and is not sort of full of it and so the list got really short really quick um and then after that it was a decision of okay who actually can i work with and actually contribute something so uh no, no offense to my other friends that i know and i do hero clicks with and play with and etc cetera, etc cetera, so on and so forth but pretty much i was like hunter and dan those, those two cats will work because at least I know that we'll get uh, a multifaceted interaction. And then, I mean, and, and even more so, I understand, like, Dan's about to get married and Hunter has a life in his own show. So asking them to come on every week would be a bad idea. So having a situation so, you know, periodically they would come on, we record a show would be a lot better. And uh, also... I thought it would be like good exposure for Dial H because once a lot of people know some shows from the realms, uh, but not everybody really checks out a majority of the content. And so I, I, after listening to you guys, I'm like, oh yeah, shoot, everybody should be listening to this. So, you know, it gives you a chance when we get everything set up and we record uh, that first big episode, hopefully sometime next week, because I have episode one recorded. Um, I did that today. Um, so hopefully sometime next week uh, we'll be able to get the preseason ESPN lookout thing going. So I'm, yeah, I'm looking, that's, that's, that's the thought process. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm not only doing the podcast, I was going to say I'm, I'm also very looking forward to just seeing what does well at this tournament with the change. Do you know for sure, Edward, uh, if the changes from the watch list will be in effect for this tournament? Have you heard anything? I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. And and for the main reason I, I say that is that no one would be going to a tournament if it was running on old rules. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't think anybody would. I, I've actually just had this discussion with Phil, who's a another uh, person who comes on our podcast a lot. He's a local judge, and his venue is going to be running an ROC tournament in a week or two. Excuse me. And uh, they, I was kind of asking him, you know, are you going to have old rules in effect? And we were kind of discussing yay, nay. Um, and I, my thing was, for one, it, it encourages – People who do well in this tournament and get points to qualify for bigger events, it's not going to do them any good to play uh, pieces that are going to have totally different rule sets whenever they get to the next event. You know, and they're not doing their self a favor. In you know, not just for everybody else, but for themselves. You know, they they need to build a team that, for one, requires a lot of thinking and planning and creativity, so that when they go to the bigger size tournaments, they will do better. Uh, against more different diverse teams and won't be relying on things that aren't going to be the case for a long period of time. So uh, I know our local one will be, will have the watch list changes in effect. And I really hope that this Majestics tournament, and uh, there's another super qualifier, I think, this next weekend in uh, Maine, I think, um, that I hope they both have yeah. the watch list changes just so we can see what kind of rises to the top. And I think it'll be a pretty diverse uh, top eight in both of them, top 16 in both. Um, I'm hoping. I'm excited. I'm, I'm hoping. But uh, for anyone that still uh, wants to put in their two cents, there's a thread on AC Realms about what should the top eight or top 16 format should be for Rock. Uh, if you go in, hit forums, then go under Realms Open Championship. Uh, then hit rounds over championship general discussion and there's a thread about rock format. Go go and, and comment on that because Howard really wants to know and there really are debating should the format change. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be four hundred. I, I, I can I can pretty much guarantee it's not gonna be four hundred. So the question comes in, what is it going to be? So uh, you know, within I think within three hundred, three fifty would be weird. I don't even know if they would do that, but um, I, I think the question is how we're going to play with the 300-point format. Yeah, I, I've been kind of keeping an eye on that thread and commenting here and there, too. Um, so moving on from the watch list, we also had uh, Wolverine and the X-Men had a lot of problems on launch day. Oh, yeah. We, we had uh, my brick yeah. had a lot of screw ups. Um, Drew had a brick. Uh, Drew and another local player bought a, a case together. Bri- uh, Drew's brick had what his chase? Okay, I had <laughs> I had both the chase and the prime. I had a magneto, the regular magneto thirty seven A, who was not on a switch clicks base. But was supposed to be on a switch click. But was supposed to be on a switch click. And he broke trying to get off of the base, thinking it was a switch click. Didn't you have an Ice Man from the team? Yes. He pulled an Ice Man that was supposed to be on the team base in his booster. Uh, And then the other the person who had the other brick of the case got no chase or prime. So Drew got all of his stuff. He only got two SRs too. I mean, that was just a personal one that we saw, but there were my, my comments galore of people's uh, bricks and cases yeah, being my, totally screwed up. My chase had no arm. Um, I saw quite a few magics that had screw-ups and breaks. Like, the chases being damaged was totally uncalled for. Yeah. So that, uh, well, WizKids... Um, <laughs> Screw you, Ricky. WizKids, <laughs> after that... After Wolverine X Men came out, updated their their policy to cover chases and team bases and other things. 
and uh, and did a good job from what I hear of uh, replacing people's figures that were messed up. So they kind of helped uh, helped heal the wound a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, and from what I heard, the second print run of Wolverine's been pretty steady. Yeah, and, and we've seen that at the dugout because we do prizes every week and we pop boosters every week. And the first uh, few months. Every booster had at least a few cards that didn't match the figures. And then, and then after a few months, we started seeing it all kind of iron itself out. Yeah, I was going to so. say, after he uh, ordered that second batch, like we stopped seeing problems immediately. Yeah, I have a Mikael Rasputin card I've been using as a bookmark for the past. <laughs> they, they beat those Chinese children a little better this time. So, um, we, had, uh, we had team bases that just came out, as we said, uh, with the Teen Titans set. So, that actually just started this week. Or this week, this year. Um, I, I just want it to be over. That was back in May. It seems like it's been a lot longer than that that we've been dealing with team bases. Uh, the I don't really know how if I can comment on the reception of team bases because I feel like most people, at least that I know, and I know most of us in this room, and I don't know about Edward, he can chime in, but... Most of us, when the first team base was spoiled, and I don't exactly remember which one it was, but we saw the mechanics of the original team We saw the mechanics of exactly how they were doing it with uh, the characters on the base, and you basically giving one action to do a bunch of different shots and swings. Like we all were like, eh, that seems really a really boring to play, um, and b just kind of like a shelf piece and not an actual figure. And then as people started playing them, it turned out they're really, really stinking good, especially particular ones, and especially when you really learn how to take um, optimal advantage of solo adventure. So I feel like most of us, even before we even played with them, kind of thought of them negatively, but I mean, I'm sure there are a few people who are excited for them and think, still think to this day that they're a good idea. If I could go back in time and slap the designer of Team Bases, I would. Um, Edward, what, is, what was your thoughts coming into Team Bases and, and at the I, beginning? I, I can't lie. Like, initially when Team Bases came out, I was like, this is the dumbest thing. And then I saw the Justice League, and I was like, this is the focused thing possible. And, and I think that's, that was the problem was you had the the span wasn't oh this is okay this is sort of playable this is a little bit more playable this is okay this is great you you had this is sort of suck and this is completely broken like there like when they first came out there was no middle ground and even if you look at the teen titan style like i remember sitting in my office having a conversation with Dan Moran and sorry Daniel Jones I just call him Moran because that's his his realm's name but I remember talking with him and I was saying to him like man Dan this whole thing is is weak it's I mean you know Titans is is not that good I I think you know we're going to we're going to see something a little bit better, maybe, just maybe. And and he was like, man, this is great. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. Look at this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, no. And so he, he told me, like, hey, guess what? You, you don't know this, but if, if I actually think that Teen Titans can do something at Gen Con, I looked at him like he was crazy. Well, actually, I not looked at him. I, I looked at the phone 
and thought that he was crazy. And, and he's like, just wait, team bases are going to be awesome. And then, lo and behold, he was right and I was wrong. And so that's something I, I'll admit to him. And, I mean, after the, the massive, you know, pushback from, well, from, I guess, whiskey seasons as consumers and not customers, but um, they they fixed it. It was with... Wolverine and X-Men just a bit, but then they broke everything else trying to fix team bases. So it's, they, they finally said, okay, let's rein some of this stuff in. And, and I think that that was a good idea. But at the other end, I do think there's a lot of things within team bases that still needs to be reevaluated. Definitely when it comes to solo adventure, because as, as it stands now, there isn't any restriction on what that solo adventure character can technically do with other mechanics in the game. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, because it, if, if you look at all the things that you can do within the realm of Hero from mechanics, there is nothing stopping a replacement character from doing those other elements at all. So... Oh, I agree. I, they're definitely not nerd. I mean, we're still going to see them a decent amount of them in the top uh, standings on the next two tournaments. I just I do like that it's at least going to dissuade some of the players. And maybe this won't be at a uh, I won't be talking about at a meta level. Maybe at a, like a local venue level, they're at least going to dissuade some of the players who. Uh, are not that good to be able to just take a piece and plug and play and never learn how to actually play the game and build an inefficient and, and balanced team. I, I more like the fact that team bases feel a little a little bit more balanced now and it'll be at least more fun playing with and against them because the another big complaint about playing against team bases is it's not fun. I mean, even you either get you usually just get smoked right out the gate, and you never even feel like you have an actual match or an actual chance against them because they can just outpace you. You know, be on the same pace as you. At least giving them, you know, the 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 small changes that they got in the watch list will at least make it more of an even fight. Austin, you want to? Well, yeah, like from what I've been reading about some of the play testing, a lot of the big team bases like Shi'ar, um, JL team base, and Trinson still keep some of their power level but they're not as broken. And as a flip side to that, some of the other team bases that were a little lower power actually at these new rules, they don't get buffed, but because the others got scaled back, they're now valid choices. I still feel like um, Imperial Guard is still, we're still going to see that a lot in the top. It's strong. It, it is so strong. Yeah, because number one reason, Gladiator on the top of the asset dial with oh, Flurry. God. Yeah. And and the power action place me wherever the hell I want to be on the map, and then I'm gonna flare you in the face, like or pulse wave. Um, so and then that in combination with Alondra, I feel like we're still gonna see a lot of Shi'ar action. Um, but yeah, I feel like at least with the changes, team bases are more of a uh, you at least have feel like They're you have more handleable. of a chance. Yeah. Um, anyways, getting off team bases. Um, we had Gen Con take place. Uh, we personally went, had a good time, uh, placed really well. Ricky and I both uh, cleaned house at Gen Con, um, won lots of cons and uh, some factory sets. Um, Austin and Drew also did really well. We did, a, and we also had a lot of fun doing Battle Royals. Oh, we had a blast. And uh, met a lot of cool people. 
Um, as far as the uh, the standings and the placings, we saw, of course, Heroes for Hire uh, dominate um, pre-watch list changes. Um, we didn't really see as many team bases as, every, as everyone had expected. We just saw basically Ghost Rider galore. We did see a few creative teams. Um, as always, George was playing something. Yeah, <laughs> as always, our favorite player, George uh, Masu, was playing something that doesn't really go with the flow. Um, he kind of exploited a broken combo that actually people might be forgetting is still intact. <laughs> um, it, it's a majority, majority intact. And here's the funny thing, though, is that if you look at it, this is the second time that WizKids has errated the game based on George's team. Because the whole no prob if your character, no theme prob if your character already has theme, already has probability control is because of George. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is the second time that they've errated the game because of George. So, so everyone, you know, on your Christmas list, you know, make sure you give George uh, a holiday gift. Uh, no cold for stocking. <laughs> Austin, were you going to chime in? Um, I was going to say, my favorite thing that I saw at Gen Con was uh, how people played different teams in the qualifiers compared to the actual tournament, where a lot of people ran villains for hire and stuff like that to try to score those extra points. Mm -hmm. It was like an interesting meta for the tournament itself. It was a meta within a meta. Yeah, it was Um, like meta-ception. It was meta-ception. We saw... A very, a very diverse Silver Age. Oh, very. Um, oh, my gosh. Which is to be expected with the plethora yeah. of pieces that you have to choose from. And uh, who, who are both of the names of our winners, uh, Edward? Because I can't remember the Silver Age winner's name. Do you know both the names oh, of the, the winners? Guy, the guy that played the cop cars? Yeah. That's Jeter. I don't remember his name. I know his Jeter on the realms, but I can't remember yeah. his, his actual name. He Yeah, he's a nice guy. So, uh, we but anyways, we had both of those players though that won golden and modern were new, were new, never had won a championship before, to my knowledge, at least not a Gen Con. Um, so that was it, was a very exciting Gen Con, um, aside from Ghost Riders dominating modern. What was it gonna, what was that, Ricky? Are they changing, actually changing Battle Royals for next year? Yeah, uh, that's too, uh, that's up in the air, but we're led to believe that it will be changed. That was, it will be random. I was gonna say because battle royals for me, like it was like a break away from tournaments, and it was like I hope I kind of hope they don't because the way we did it, where like friends went in, you know, played for fun, then split the prizes. Like to me, that was fun just because you could kind of turn your mind off a little bit and yeah. just play and like actually have fun instead of just like oh man i need to get that con piece you know yeah like, well the problem is the the minority ruin it for the majority and that was the whole reason they wanted to change roles in the first place because people exploited it but anyways um other things we had this year we had fear itself which was our biggest which was the big uh, event this year six months long um, had its own set dedicated, gave us an excellent, maybe the best resource uh, that we have in the game. Actually, it probably is the best resource that we have in the game, along with sp- Split Lip. Especially with the Basic- watch list on the build. Basically, you just call it Book Lip. You just throw him on there with a the book and just put Book Lip 50 points. Um, <clears throat> with that, The main thing that I like about the book is it helps swarm teams a lot and let- helps them be more viable than they uh, had gotten here in the last few months. Um, but fear itself, as we discussed earlier, we we're talking about the sets a lot. 
a very fun set, especially in in and of itself. If you can do double fear itself at your venue, it was a lot of fun. You just had a lot of bricks. You had a lot of uh, pieces. You had it gave us a lot of good pieces that actually are still uh, that might even possibly be meta, um, especially split lip, like I brought up. But uh, Iron Fist 007, Iron Fist are all of our personal favorite sealed piece. Yeah. Um, and he actually. Uh, he was in a uh, top eight team at in modern age, I believe. He was in a Heroes for Hire top eight team uh, with yeah. with Brother Voodoo and Ghost Rider, um, and then a handful of really good pieces, Doctor Strange and some other guys. So, we had, it was a very fun set. I I think people got a little burned out on it after six months and of I, it. I think War of the Lights addressing that by doing the two different boosters. Yes, that's that was a very ingenious uh, thing that they that I saw when I first saw that I was like, ooh. Until ooh, the smart. second set of boosters are going to be ten dollars more. So <laughs> will that be <laughs> will that be three months and three months? Three months and three months. But here's the fun thing people are talking about. A lot of people are saying with Fear Itself, how they had all that extra left over, they're hoping they have enough to where the last few months they could do one of the first set, one of the second, and then towards the end, like, two of the second. That's what we're going to be trying to do at our venue. Um, so we had Fear Itself and Book of the Skull. Those were two uh, Those were two big moments of Jim, of 2013. Anybody, anybody think of anything else Dragon I'm forgetting? Con. Dragon Con. Dragon Con had some great teams that came out of it. I mean, you had the New Mutants team base that yeah. I don't think a lot of people saw coming. Um, well, I guess George was running that Villains for Hire, New Mutants combo with the Deathstroke. That was kind of weird. Yeah, there was uh, there was also Origins, which was I Daniel Joiner. Was that who won Origins? Am I getting that right? For some reason, that name's popping in my head. Um, no, I don't think Dan won Origins. Okay. Um, uh, but the guy who won Origins, this it was what, like a week after the Heroes for Hire ATA came out or something oh, like yeah. that? Yeah, it was a guy that plays with Dan. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that was our first, um, just all of a sudden, boom, Ghost Rider's broken, and now everybody just proceeds to break him even farther and farther. Have, have we heard what ATA he's designing? No, I don't know. Because whoever wins Origins gets to design an ATA. I haven't heard anything about that. Um, anybody got any other mo- moments I'm forgetting? Edward, you, can you think of anything major that you feel would be listed along with these? Um, I, I really am going to say this, uh, and I think there's, there's two things that, that really stand out this year, uh, that, that's like ahead of everything else. One, one that did happen and the other that didn't happen, and I'll, I'll go into the one that didn't happen. The one thing that didn't happen is that we didn't get more vehicles, and I, I knew once once we got the vehicles inside of uh, Streets of Gotham, that WizKids was like, oh, shoot. Like, we don't really know what we're fully doing right now. Like, like, like oh, shoot. We, we, oh, man, we, we probably need to, like, slow things down just a tad because with, and with these vehicles because, buddy, these are way stronger than what we want them to be. Um, and so just for the fact that we didn't get more vehicles, that part uh, I really do think is noteworthy for this year. Uh, the next thing that I would say that that did happen is from from a, a game design standpoint, I think WizKid is actually saying and willing to admit we can make mistakes. Um, I think that is a 
big of a deal that is for WizKids to actually admit that uh, something that they did isn't working as intended. Um, so, you know, it, it, it takes a lot and for them to admit that, and most of the time, they don't. So, uh, so that's that's the, those are the two biggest things that I would say would you know that stood out for me for this year. Austin, I was gonna say I kind of agree with the vehicles thing. I was kind of shocked we didn't get a Marvel vehicle follow up. Um, it was kind of weird because I don't want to say it's weird. It, Iron Man would have been kind of a set to do it had they had a little more of an Avengers feel to it. Um, but I was kind of shocked because I mean, like there aren't as many Marvel vehicles as there are DC, but there's still some they could have done. Some cool Shield stuff would have been nice. I I think we were all expecting it in Wolverine and the X Men. We we even sat and talked for a long That's time true. about what we thought the vehicles the would motor, be. I a mean, motorcycle we all they were coming. With three of them. Um, I think. I don't know if that was because they thought vehicles were too good and that was a way of not uh, doing any more. Yeah, but, yeah that's what I was going to say. Then again, they still did team bases after the DC version. So, Well, what vehicles saw play? There were uh, eight of them. Cop cars, bugs to an extent, and definitely Batcycle and GCPD. GCPD yeah. motorcycle is still one of the best pieces in the entire game. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Batcycle uh, is too. Yeah. How much you pay for 25-point back girl from the gravity feed? <laughs> yeah, and then if you, if you think about it as well, like, and, and I, I, I'm going to double dip here and say, if you look at what WizKids is doing with the game, they are saying, hey, you get to customize your force however you want to. And if, if you need your guy to have running shot, and, and willpower, guess what? You can put Noel's hammer on there. You know, if you need your guy to, like, have a bazillion powers, well, you have these options and these options. And so what we're, we're encountering, now that they've gotten some of the blaring brokenness out of the way, is uh, adaptive play styles. And I think that's the cool part. The problem comes in is that they didn't think about how that affects total design. And I, I, I'm looking at some things right now, and I'm betting, like, if Zoran or, or Norm were, were here, they were like, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But for me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, if you overlook these small things here, what cataclysm, I can't even talk right now, what, what cataclysm is coming? And, and I'm, I'm the prophet of doom standing on top of my, my brick of, of Iron Man. It's not a soapbox, it's a brick of Iron Man. Because targeting is if you have Iron Man set that, that introduced uh, the negative twos, the negative twos to attack, and they're specifically there to counter the Book of the Skull. But when you take the Book of the Skull away or you take... Um, what is it, the, the Phoenix Force away, and we're not getting crazy stats anymore, what happens to the rest of the teams? What happens when I start multiplying these negative two effect guys, and I start bringing people to minus three attack all of a sudden, and they don't have any stat mods, what then? You know? Well, but, but it, that's, it, that's, that's me being a little bit too pessimistic, maybe. 
Well, it stems out of of your big thing that you always say, which is 110% right, is they hand out stat mods like candy all the time, and now they're having to combat it by putting all these negatives in there. But if you don't have the and, stat mods... And you're right. They don't. It, when you don't think of things in the long run as, as far as game mechanics, then you end up having to fix your own mistake, and then it makes it worse. It's like any kind of art thing you do. When you try to be a perfectionist and go back and fix it, you always end up making it worse than it was before, and you should have just left it alone like... <sighs> you're you're right. I, it, I, go ahead. I told I made a joke this afternoon with Mr. Howard Brock, and I said, uh, "Whiz kids are are like the time lords from Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, they they see the meta in the game not as a person within the time that has to deal with it. They see it as a person outside of time, and they see it as a particle wave equation. That oh yes." This is coming, so it's okay that this is fine for right now, ignoring the fact that their own personal turnaround is six to eight months. If if you look from the initiation of a problem to the recognition of the problem to the resolution of any problem his kids has done, it has been six to eight months. And you're talking about how much of a player base are you losing in six to eight months? That, That didn't return. Like, I've seen two venues of mine near me die because of their failure to act and better yet their failure to have this game design. Like we're trying to rebuild one of them right now and it's just it's just ridiculously hard uh, because very few people trust WizKids and they spent all this money. And so you have the camp that spent all this money and what was broke is no longer broke and you have those camp that spent all that money to have fun and now they're emotionally damaged by all the broke stuff that's happened. But anyway... That's that. I digress. So, man, I'm, I'm going to sit down in my corner now. <laughs> <laughs> what he was saying earlier, I think it is refreshing that WizKids does address, even though it might create some problems later, they do listen to us to a certain extent. They, you know, they heard the uh, Battle Royale fiasco. And then they changed it back because they knew they were going to upset their consumer base. Well, they were going to lose a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, they were going to lose my money and... <laughs> A lot of other people's, and they were going to get an earful from a ton of people. And not only that, I brought it up on the very first episode. There's a probably think how many people don't get on HC Realms that play clicks that were going to go to Gen Con. There's a lot of people who who don't even know what was going to happen. Yeah. Like they would have shown up and not had a clue that all those changes were going to take place. And then what do you think the outrage would have been if they travel four or five states to? I mean, some we met some people that were from all across the United States there. And if you traveled three or four states to get there and then are told that you can't do what you've been told and what's on the official website, there would have been a freaking... I don't I even know what. It was one violent neckbeard. <laughs> one violent neckbeard and then we all would have fallen into the, <laughs> the ramble. Gen Con, for me too, is like a, an eye-opening, like you were saying, an event for me because I saw all these people from all over the country and it was like... Wow. This is how big our game Click, is. Yeah, Clicks is a lot bigger than I expected. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, at HC Realms, you kind of get that because you can kind of see where people are from and whatever. But, you know, seeing all those people travel to one, you know, venue and then spend four days with them, you know, we left there, you know, knowing more people and friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was cool. Um, next, we're going to get into, lastly, we're going to talk about top ten pieces um, each kind of give our person, oh, and I, you know, you could easily do a twenty to twenty-five on this, but 
it, it's going to be hard to kind of narrow it down to 10 because we had so many sets come out this year. But top 10 pieces, uh, we're going to stick to modern. So we're going to take Mage Knight and Lord of the Rings out of it. We're just going to go with modern uh, top 10 pieces overall that, that came out this year. Um, Austin, you want to go first? Um, yeah. I mean, I went down the, per- the normal list of... Mine might as well be watch list the list at first. Um, Ghost Rider, Shi'ar, Imperial Guard, Justice League Team Base, um, Trinity of Sin, Batmite, um, Brother Voodoo were the big ones, but uh, down the list I got to some things that are more recent that I think are going to be big pieces that are really top pieces. Um, 100 Point Scarlet Witch from AVX. I think a lot of people still aren't realizing. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think a lot of people don't realize she can knock out ATAs and stuff like that. There's a lot of capabilities with her. Um, Hunter, Hunter, I played her once tonight. Hunter played her a few times against her a few times. Tonight. I played against her twice, and she is so stupid. Um, I really, I thought I could hit her onto click seven, and she would die, and the bitch was still alive. Um, <laughs> and the fact that she has perp prob and support at the same time, and that in a conjunction with the mystics and especially the trait. She's ridiculous. Um, on that note, uh, another one from Invincible Iron Man, the Silver Centurion. The guy was playing both those. Yes. Um, Silver Centurion, I think, is going to be a big piece you guys are going to see a lot more of. Um, he's completely immune to Pulse Wave, Penetrating, Side Blast, and Poison. Um, he's outwittable still. Um, and then he has a Torpedo trait where he puts a special marker on the map. Every turn it gets one token and can move as a free action one square. Well, if it runs into somebody... It makes an 11 attack damage value equal to the number of acceleration tokens up to 7 against somebody. So what you do is you control the pacing of the game by having this torpedo. Because you leave it in the back and you just build it up and your opponent has to rush you down and try to suicide somebody into the torpedo or something to try to take the attack. Or to sit there and just pray that you manage to avoid the 7 damage. It's, it's definitely a pacing piece that screws with, the, screws with how you play. But him is, he himself has impervious and shape change and you can't get through the imperfect because you can't pin sigh him you can't pulse wave him so you have to just hope he misses shape change and imperv yep um he's a great piece i think a lot of people are going to start seeing that more um i'm seeing him more and more since the set in the last week i've seen him show up more and more the only thing uh he's lacking is willpower and uh you give him you know, some hammer. sort of resources like some of the three of resources that give willpower you give him null hammer and what do you know he's got willpower um and not only that he has uh, let me double check make sure i'm right yes he has stark industries keyword why the hell did they give split lip stark industries because he works for stark I, it's i know but <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy in split lip should not have the same damn keyword. Anyways, um, continue your list. And then uh, the last one on there that's like the non-traditional one, um, Iron Man, Iron Patriot. I think a lot of people overlook this piece. Um, I haven't seen him played that often. Um, I'm the only one I think of offhand that I've played him um, for th- for 200, 300, 400 points or whatever his split is. I played him one time. Um, he's monstrous, isn't he? Yeah, well, I gave him running shot. The only thing that piece is lacking is running shot. I gave running shot, it never got touched. Just but running shot, pulse He's got a duo bit. attack where you can target non-adjacent. Traded energy shield, defend. People always forget about that defend. You can share his, like, 18, 19 defense as a trait with somebody. And then he himself is a 21 or whatever on his biggest 400-point version. Um, he's a monster. Um, and the duo attack he has, one of them can be an action. 
So if he has pin size, shoot a pin size and then a normal one once you've knocked him off their main reducer. Um, he's not a meta piece by any means, but when it comes to larger point games past the 300 meta, he's definitely one of the top 10 pieces to me this year, like pieces I would play and I, I have played multiple times. And that, that's really... Oh, Scotty's Warbot. That was the other one. Um, it's a 30-point pog, probably the best pog they've printed. Um, it's a monster for 30 points. Um, it's got Running Shot, Pinsai, Envil, and uh, Leadership, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's got high stat values for a 30-point pog. Um, it's just a good piece. It uh, was a vital piece of the winning Origins team as well. Yeah, and a lot uh, of people... I've thrown it on a few teams, and a lot of people always just forget it exists. Ricky, what do you got? Ooh. Um, Iron Fist. The common fear itself. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, so Iron Fist. I got the new Scarlet Witch. Uh, from the starter. Uh, Silver Centurion. I got Cerise. Cerise is really the excellent good. option. Um, Spiral. Batmite. Uh, Brother Voodoo. Uh, the Prime Craven. And Splitlip. Prime Kramen is a good choice that... He's a build enabler. Yeah, exactly. Um, He makes animal teams extremely viable all of a sudden. Just with him coming out, I mean... And adding hammers to... Yeah, him in conjunction with the Book of Skull now, and some. there's a few other animal pieces that you can pair him with that just completely break him. Um, He may be a piece that... Now with these changes that maybe people might revisit, we might see in a top 16 or a top 8 here coming up pretty soon. And then uh, Ghost Rider is my last one. but um, And he's... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we know what he does. Um, now the nerf of Heroes for Hire will hurt him, so he won't be an automatic play for everybody, but I think he's a great piece even without the ATA. I mean, of course he's not as near as good, but with and especially with the changes to the utility belt. Um, but yeah, Ghost Rider, I pulled him in the very first Spider-Man sealed I played, and I just, it was ridiculous how good he was. Um, his automatic penetrating that you get to do two turns in a row within so many squares, you don't even need line of fire for it, um, so you don't care about stealth or walls or anything, and his charge exploit at the top, um, and then he has mystics on top of that, and then usually you'll knock him onto a flurry poison, um, click like he's just he really is a great figure for the points regardless of whether you're playing the ata or not so that's a good that's a good option as well drew what do you got bud Um, anybody else that we haven't mentioned yet yes uh two pieces that people are not really going to think of but they're two of my favorites um loki from fear itself he's like extremely valuable 30 30 points okay yeah 30 points gotcha and uh, he's extremely good. Uh, Gizmo from Teen Titans can do ah, some. Ah, real... took another one of mine. <laughs> he's he's just amazing. He can give everyone a bunch of basically uh, whatever they need. Yeah, uh, Brother Voodoo uh, doesn't need mentioning really. Yeah, everyone knows about Brother and, Voodoo. And you know he's one piece that, for one, he was already on the witch watch list to begin. <laughs> Yeah. And he's another piece that the Heroes for Hire uh, nerf doesn't hurt him quite as bad as it does the other ones. 
because most of the time you're going to use the Heroes for Hire ATA on somebody who attacks. You definitely are now um, with uh, with the changes to it now that you have to specifically do an attack. So Brother Voodoo, I actually played against him today, and he, I just, again, every time I play against that piece, I just am just more and more in awe of how ridiculously good he is for his points. And it's not even just the free mind control is what my thing always is. It's not even, even without the free mind control, he's well worth his points with. Uh, the problem I usually have is hitting the mother freaker yeah, with an got... 18 super senses and prop control. And he also gets on to outwit, or uh, sorry, stealth. Yeah. And when he's next to you, he has poison and smoke cloud, smoke cloud for free. So he smoke clouds himself into stealth. Then has uh, um, there's his last four clicks. He has like 17s and 16s with reflexes and perplex. He's stupid. <laughs> Perps his own defense up. Smoke clouds for free, so puts his defense puts himself into stealth and then makes you minus one attack. I mean, he's just so good already without even without the mind control. So he's definitely still going to be a top piece that's going to be played yeah. here very soon. Um, split lip, Graven, Sp- Spiral, Cerise, Batmite. Um, I feel like Batmite is still a huge dick and will continue. Well, I was listening to Edward's podcast. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to the most recent one, but it was one or two before then, and you were talking about uh, the watch list changes, and I thought you had an excellent analogy of WizKids basically just patted Batmite on the butt and said, don't do that again. And, of course, like any kid, he's going to do it again. <laughs> You may dissuade him. You may have dissuaded him this time, just a tiny bit, but you didn't really teach him a lesson, and he's gonna keep doing whatever it was he was doing. That little pat yeah. on the butt of oh, and now it's a five to six instead of a six is not gonna be enough. Yeah. So especially with the other pieces on the watch list getting changed and him not really taking any much any hit at all. And I got one more that they haven't mentioned: uh, Shatterstar, who just came out of nowhere and. Well, the problem with Shatterstar... Yeah, was the belt. They, well, no, the problem with Shatterstar oh. is they still didn't fix him. Yeah. Um, it still doesn't prevent you from doing free actions after you do things. And, I mean, I mean, I've been brainstorming this week on my teams, and I've already come up with, like, three different things that Shatterstar can do even after post-changes that are on near game-breaking. So Yeah, he's right there sitting on your they, desk. <laughs> they really didn't change him enough. Um, and I don't know, Edward. Do you agree with that? I, I think here, here's the thing that I think that they are afraid to say: you do this, and nothing else happens. Like you can't do anything. You can't do free actions. You can't do anything like that. And I think the main reason they're afraid of doing that is that one, they think people won't buy, and 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 two, I think that they think that if you did something like that it would prohibit the piece from being played that that no one would play because play that figure because that effect is is not does not fit within the aggressive model of whiz kids and then the aggressive model of the meta which and we all know the meta goes from hyper from aggro to to defensive and it has that back and forth on the pendulum but that that's the one problem the same thing goes with with spiral and with magic because magic they when they made magic they, they pretty much said hey guys we, we we promised you that we were going to get off crack and stop sleeping with hookers <laughs> and we did that for like two weeks and then we fell back smoking crack and sleeping with hookers when we gave you abx 
Well, do you and, think and that those do you think those pieces were designed before the changes, though? I think. And, and he, I, even if they were, and they were in print, I think what they should have said is, "This is a day one errata." Like, like you, when they were doing the previews, they should have just said, "This is a day one errata." Yeah. It says this. Watchlist came out. We've had a design change. Therefore, this works like this now. But they're going to let that slide, and it's going to go into next year, and then all that other stuff that's going to happen, and then we're going to have another watch list next year. And, and mark my words, Magic will be there, okay, and Scarlet Witch will be there, because they gave way too much stuff to Scarlet Witch to justify any other support figure. Just it. She has support, prob, and what, perplex? Yep. At an eight range, yep. everybody else's support range. Yeah. Plus, she has she takes away your team abilities. Plus, she has a good attack and damage values. And I'm just talking about the hundred point version. She has an eight range for group yeah, two. Yeah, and mystics as well. Yeah, and, oh, mystics and Avengers TA for your wild cards to, to fully whore out. Gotta love that. Bravo, Liz kids. You you proved that we're, you're smarter than the rest of us meta players designing stuff. <laughs> You detect that there? That's my sarcasm voice. Yeah. Yep, gotcha. I'm still working. <laughs> no. Um, Edward, I'll let you do your top ten, um, and I'm sure the guys may have said a few of yours already. Um, anybody? Wait, y'all, you keep jacking my picks. You make me have to do, do new drafts, but I'm going to come out with the dream team, okay? All right. I'm going to dream team, y'all, okay? First, and, and they are in no particular order, mind you, Okay. All right, first off is events, well, I mean, uh, Iron Man movie three set, and we're going to look at my man Tony Stark. And and here's why. Tony Stark is giving us outwit, enhancement, willpower, Avengers initiative, energy explosion, six range, coming in at 50 points. He is scary. He, he, is, he is really scary. He has the ability to promote into an okay Iron Man, but that Iron Man has a trait that says when you promote, you get other candy on top. Yep. So, Tony Stark, my man, my dog, uh, my G, right there. Uh, next up, same set, Aldrich Killian. Uh, oh, oh, you, you have Heroes for Hire? Not anymore. So says I, if I can get into range and you don't kill me uh, too quickly. Uh, so, I like the fact that he negates ATAs, plus he heals, plus he has barrier. Um, I think that that's really strong. Uh, Teen Titans, uh, there's a, there's two characters in the set that I think that we're going to see a rise in their stock, just mainly for the fact that when people go back through, uh, definitely with everything that's been going on, uh, they're going to notice, uh, like, oh, yeah, I forgot about those guys. Uh, the first is um, Omen. Uh, the 98 points is a bit expensive, and I know folks are going to be like, eh, I don't like that. But you have to think about that. She has a perplex. She doesn't have what those little Iron Man, invincible Iron Man characters have with minus two to attack, and that's the stat that you're locked into manipulating. She just says, I mean, he, she just says, like, oh, uh, minus two to whatever stat that I want. And I don't need line of fire to shoot you in or to or to perplex you down. And I got good good range. I got good range. So come here, help me make some more dark babies, and uh, you know we'll we'll be out here in nowhere. Uh, so add, add in her mind control, and then drop some hammers on her. And yeah, she she's going to be something that's going to come around and scare people and give them nightmares. And and that's if people start 
changes and with everything that we've looked at in the sets, 120 points for seven clicks. His first click isn't that bad, but you get super strength starting off. Uh, that's really good. That's really good. We have enough things in the meta to mess with that attack value to make it awesome. So for him to come out, pick up a heavy, uh, and, and bash someone over the head for five, and then run away around the corner, he's, he's still going to do great. And even if you don't want to bash a character over the head with the heavy, and with the hypersonic speed changes, remember, you come in, shoot, then duck around, and when he really needs to come in and do that heavy hit, he can push and do it, and then he'll go on to his charge, super strength, exploit clicks. Um, I, I think people just went up and said, oh, team dials are broken, and they didn't look at anything else in the set. Um, then, fast forward, uh, Man of Steel, and I'm going to say this one, and y'all are going to be like, I can't believe you said that, and I got to go look at that. Don't say Kryptonian uh, scientist. Look- is no, it okay? No, just no. checking. I, I don't I don't like the Kryptonian scientists. Uh, um, no, blasphemy. Go, go look at General Zod, Zod number three unique. Go go look at General Zod because he has uh, his General Zod is 125 points. Uh, he is KO if he crosses the red KO line. Oh, I just General played Zod this guy. I just played yeah, him. He yeah, is he's nuts. Really good. <laughs> and then when he, he, you get over the red line, he gets that indomitable. But the biggest thing is he has that mastermind, and he has that battlefield commander. Yep. And uh, the battlefield commander, Master General Zaki's leadership, when he does, he may remove an action token from an adjacent character. He may instead modify that character's attack and damage value by plus one. You don't have to share a keyword. You don't have to be, you know, part of his Kryptonian clan. You don't need, you know, freaking Superman enemy or any other other BS. You just straight get that buffage. And he's not quite golden ratio, but he's pretty good. He has 11 attack and 3 damage starting off. So expect more for the general all hail Zod and, and all will bow before Zod. Um, another one from that same set is Lois Lane. Um, She's a bit expensive for what we pay for Outwit now, but for it to have Luke climb and the Outwit and she ignores can, uh, ignores characters for line of fire purposes means that you can sort of keep her in the pocket and, and protect her while you Outwit. Uh, even though her range is a six, it, it, you know, hiding her behind another character means it's a five, but if you're ignoring characters and you get dogpiled in the middle of the, of the tournament, I mean, in the middle of that game, then yeah. That's when uh, uh, Lotus Lane is going to get really good. So that's six. I got four more. I got four more. I keep, I'm keeping count. Um, I hate it on Fear Itself, but uh, the two characters out of Fear Itself, that's not split lip. Um, and it's not White Ranger Iron Fist, even though White Ranger Iron Fist is one of the best um, characters invented in Hero Clicks as, as of late. Is, uh, let me push you over the edge of Hawkeye. Uh, because do, just for the pure fact he can get that end cap off and he can control tempo at the, the best of range and he can still be an offensive piece and I think in the way the game is going now is everyone forgot about the power of end cap and then, and then they like stumble on it and it's like oh my gosh end cap is there oh well and then they keep moving and they start forgetting until they have to stumble upon it again how good it is to put tokens on people. Um, so Hawkeye 
And then uh, next, the, the, the last one, and then some folks might think, uh, from, from fear itself, from, some folks might be thinking that it's a little crazy, but that red She-Hulk, that 119 point red She-Hulk that just comes in and kills people. You know, it, it oh gosh, I, I wanna put her on more 300 point teams, I really do, but uh, she, Oh gosh, she she's really good. So I got uh, I think I got two more. Uh, last last two characters, and and I can you took my brother Voodoo, <laughs> so you made me you made me have to summon my my double soul brother War Machine and War Machine. Um, <laughs> War, War Machine from Invincible Iron Man, not the Prime. Um, and I know I've gotten a lot of hate for me not endorsing the Prime. Um, but the, the normal war machine at 125 points does way more than a lot of figures in his point range. Not only that, if you look at how many clicks you get, how much damage reduction you get, how much movement attack you get, how many, you know, you get two TAs, plus you can get Avengers ATA, plus you got armor keywords, so you can get all that new armor shenanigan goodness that's going on. You can get a shield ATA on top of that, and when Stark Industries gets his keyword ATA, and trust me, I, I will bet you cash money is coming. Cash money is coming. I just I just argued that to a, a local player at uh, Wednesday when we played Iron Man Sealed. I I just said it like it already existed. And he's like, "They're just Stark Industries ATM." I'm like, it's Someone there's no way they to. won't do one. Yeah. And he was like, "Really? Why wouldn't they have done it?" I'm like, "It's gonna come. It's coming. Yeah, it's, it's going to come." <clears throat> um, I was gonna say, but yeah, it's it. He does way too much for you not to look at him as a serious piece. And I know a lot of people say, hey, look, he doesn't have indomitable. Hey, look, in the, in the era of ridiculous attacks and defenses, okay, starting off. Man, he has eight range and 11 movement. Who's, who's going to touch him first? Like, like, name the amount of characters in the meta that are off the top of your head that has a 14 swing. Sure, Imperial Guard. Like, like, Huh? She our Imperial Guard? Yeah, she our Imperial Guard. They have a full map swing. That doesn't count. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't count. That's like, hey, look, let's see who can spit the farthest. And you put spit in a capsule and then you shoot it through a rocket. Yeah, that's, that's the same thing. Okay, but, but there are not that many characters in modern age that have the swing that he does. Um, and then the other War Machine, because I had to go back. I got to double dip. I got to go back to uh, Iron Man movie. Because he just, he, he has everything that you want when you want it. You, you can't hate on him. He's just too good. He's too good. That's my tune. Uh, it's funny because, uh, actually, I just played the Invincible Iron Man machine on my last round today, just a couple hours ago. I love his trade. That trade is really good. And he also shares two keywords with uh, Split Lip as well, Armor and uh, Stark Industries. Well, see, what, what I love about him um, with that trade is I was just talking about this earlier with the team I played tonight, which I'll get into later. When you have multi-attacking characters, a plus to combat value is double dips. So if you have duo attack or you have a team base, for each plus one to attack, it might as well be three plus... It's two basically, plus. yeah, it's multiple plus ones. 
So that's the reverse of it. If you have a team base swinging on him, that's two less damage he's going to take for the turn from somebody. Yeah. If they're swinging twice or whatever. And that that's really helpful on a 125-point piece. Um, and I looked at him when we were talking meta teams for ROC. Like, I, I was thinking there might be something I could do with him using hammers or something like that. Um, the only thing I do... Yeah. Yeah. Is everything. Um, especially when he breaks onto stealth. Stealth plus Null's hammer, which would give him willpower too, would just be monstrous. I was actually really surprised that Austin didn't bring up. Uh, uh, first of all, I was surprised that no one brought up Killian until you did. Um, but I was also surprised that Austin didn't bring up e- neither Tony Stark nor Omen, because we've talked about both of those, and I was I, we say, all love them, especially Austin. George's list was basically a love letter to me, because half these pieces were in my Gen Con team. Or, Edward, sorry. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had just played that General Zod like two weeks ago in a soldier team, and he was brutal. Um I really, really liked him. I, initially, when I saw the set spoiled, I was like, oh, he's not bad. After playing him, I was like, holy crap, this guy's really good. And Hawkeye, we've all used to maximum effect. Triple uh, triple in-cap is good enough, but then when you put it on a flying running shot, eight range, triple bolt, um, enhancement. Uh, enhancement and sharpshooting piece. I ran two of them in the construction. Yeah, so I was about to say, with good, good keywords with Avengers and T-Bolts, I mean, you can't get better than that. Um, yeah. My top ten, I'm just going to read the ones that I have different. Uh, Phantom X, um, he's, a, he's a personal favorite of mine, one of my favorite characters, probably my favorite X-Man. Well, he's not really an X-Man, so I guess I can't say that. But uh, I was super psyched whenever they were even putting him in the Wolverine set, and then I saw how good he was, and just my heart just stopped. Uh, he's just so sick. There's a few pieces that his Eva is near game-breaking with. Um, he kind of does it all. Uh, personally, I like... I Probably my favorite combination of two powers in the game is having both Shape Change and Super Senses at the same time. And uh, he has uh, both for at least the first two clicks of his dial. And uh, so I was really happy with him. I also really, really like Doug. From um, Fear Itself, or not from Fear Itself, from uh, Thor Dark World. Um, he, I know a lot of people probably never even seen the dial because it was a mass market exclusive for Thor. Uh, he's 125 points. The cool thing about him is his trait when building your force, if he's the highest point character, other characters that share a keyword with him also have Doug's Army keyword. He has Armor, Brute, Monster, Soldier, and Warrior. So you take five of the most common generic pieces, you can take the best one out of any of those guys, throw them on the team, and form it into a theme team, with which he has leadership and invul and mastermind. Uh, then he has charge and precision strike as well, and he has a really good mixed dial. He has lots of dampeners. He has invul for the first four clicks, and he has a lot of precision strike blades and flurry and stuff mixed in there. Um, and not to mention with the fact that Mastermind's going to keep him alive for a long time. So you pick, you know, a Mole Man to throw in there to get some extra actions out of him. Uh, Cerise is a soldier. You know, you throw her on there, and um, you have um, uh, Split Lip has armor keywords, so you can throw him on there with the book and get the free actions and still keep your theme, and it's going to be somewhat of a swarm team already, so the hammers are going to be even better. 
Um, I have a team right now that I'm, I'm working on Doug with that I think is actually decently viable. Um, I don't think I have anybody else that nobody's mentioned outside of the question from oh, the yeah. Trinity Ascend team base. I think he is one of the most versatile and has the most options out of almost any clicks in uh, Hero Clicks. Uh, just due to the fact that he can basically trade a power that he doesn't need for something that he does need at the time. And he has damn near every power in the game on his dial. So, I mean, he has. He also has the double perplex. And uh, other people, other characters have to take a power action to d- use perplex. Um, he's just really sick. You can keep him stealth the whole time if you'd rather. If you'd rather, if you're facing a team without stealth, you use stealth uh, to pick your power. If uh, you're going in swinging on a shape change or a super senses piece, you pick flurry when you charge. Um, if you want to be hard to hit, you pick super senses with your combat reflexes. I mean, he just has so many options uh, for 100 points and still has a Mystic's team ability. So I really like him. I don't know exactly how viable he'll be in the meta, but I think you will see him on a team here or there in the top 16. Well, he was on that Horde token team. Yeah, but that didn't actually get top 16, I don't think. But it did get decently no, far. No, high up there, I thought. Um, other than that, I don't have any. Um, Trinity Ascend team base that he comes off of is very good, too. I've got one I forgot about. I wanted to ask Edward his opinion on it. it would be the uh, the Uru Metal Absorbing Man LE from uh, Iron Man. There's gonna be some tricks. I mean, people haven't broken him yet because they haven't. Most people, <laughs> most people haven't. Most people haven't gotten their hands on him. But you have to be an idiot to not think that some things are coming with this guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I look at him like this. Okay. And if he has the ability to pick up a heavy and, and then get ridiculous, and then the heavy's on his, his his card or whatever, then you go even further and say, hey, guess what? I can give you a hammer. I can give you a resource. I can give you whatever I want. I can make you freaking two-ton common if I wanted to. And then you go tell your opponent, yep, you need to go kill that guy. And I, I, it's one of those things where I come back, I'm like, with kids, y'all tell us that you got off that crack and you, you stop, <laughs> you know, hanging out with, with prostitutes and whores and stuff, and then you go do stuff like this. You know, it's like, oh, we're trying to balance range, and then we, but man, we don't know if we're going to go to buy, baby, so we're going to put eight ranges on all these people, because eight ranges is, is the new brokenness, and you know it, and it's like, <laughs> and, then, and then with this absorbing man, if, if Absorbing Man was, like, in the set, I think that would have given them credibility as, oh, look, they're actually looking out for that that keyword. But the way I look at it is by making it prize support, what they really said is, you know, F y'all, y'all gonna pay. So <laughs> when, y'all, when y'all finally do uh, decide to, you know, get some tournaments after we got our money, twice because we got it from buying those boosters also for you know that store buying this prize support then you can go have fun with your absorbing man i think that it should have been reversed the absorbing man that was in the set should have been well actually really i think yeah just the absorbing man with absorbing man titania get rid of that put that that absorbing man as a super rare and then make something else as your prize support but i don't run with kids because i guess i make reasonable decisions <laughs> You're breaking Hunter's heart. Hunter loves that Absorbing Man Titanium I love duo. that duo. Not necessarily <laughs> for meta, but I just love it. it's playability. I think that's one of the big, the best gauntlet pieces I've ever seen in my life. 
Uh, let me let me let me get it straight. I'm not hating on the piece. No, no, I know. It, we are just we are just. It was just funny because Hunter was talking about how that's his. his that was set. my number one want for this set, just for uh, sculpting and for for fun to play, uh, but yet still really good uh, pieces. I don't know how viable it is, but when I look at this piece, it just screams, "Please put the gauntlet on me," <laughs> because uh, it has Masters of Evil, so it's going to spin the gauntlet every turn. Um, it the st- with the steel energy, it charges and smashes bitches in the face all day long. Gets to use close combat expert when they duo attack or charge when they duo attack. Um, they constantly generate and use objects very well. Uh, they have like plasticity and super strength traded. Um, they can hold multiple objects at the same time. Um, yeah, when they duo attack, they can use blades and close combat expert with the duo with each duo attack. Um, they're just nuts. I think it with the gauntlet, with giving them steel energy and uh, not being able to outwit their impervious and uh, invincible, and letting them just constantly heal and masters of evil every turn. I think it'd be a blast to play. And I, the next three hundred point tournament that they're legal for, I'm running them with the gauntlet just to see how fun it's going to be. But yeah, Austin just thought that was funny because I've been talking about <laughs> how much I love it here. Just the last couple days. But back on the Uru Absorbing Man. Um, honestly, I think he's going to be a monstrous gauntlet piece. The fact he only takes damage one out of six times, basically, if you really average it out. It's after the damage is dealt, which means that you'll get um, you'll get reducers, you'll get... Uh, super senses. Super senses. Shape change. Yeah, shape, you'll get anything like that. Um, I really think people need to take a look at this. Well, actually, no one should take a look at this piece. I want you to forget about yeah, it. Yeah, never mind. Let's edit <laughs> out uh, the part. <laughs> we're talking about Absorbing Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Forget about the piece where it's broken so that only I can use it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Get helping people. This is all about keeping you under. That's right. Keeping us on time. Um, so, Edward, thank you so much for uh, for being with us today and providing some insight. And, uh, yep, yep. You guys can check out Edward's podcast, Starting Over Podcast, on YouTube every week. Tons of, of useful information. You can go back to the very first ones. And uh, I suggest getting a pad and pen and taking some notes every time he drops a gem of knowledge that you're like, oh, shit, I never thought about that gonna before. school you, boy. Um, you know, and uh, and sit and, and listen to his podcast every week. Very regularly. Uh, does a good job staying on schedule every week like we do. And uh, you can catch him on YouTube and subscribe to his YouTube channel. And be on the lookout for uh, the podcast he and I and another member are doing together. It'll be called The Quarry. And it'll be after uh, major ROC tournaments. There'll be one coming up very soon since we have the big tournament coming up this this coming yeah. Friday and Saturday. Um, yeah, so, yeah. And then, like I said, you know, you can check it out. I'm going to be doing the blog sometime. I, I, I don't know when. I need to get back in that habit. Uh, but, yeah, check it out. Uh, but definitely, if y'all listening to this podcast, y'all listening to some, some wise brothers here uh, spitting all that good truth for you. It, I would say they, they bring me on for a second opinion for, for their show. I revert y'all back to them when you listen to my show as a second opinion for, for meta-analysis. So uh, definitely uh, keep up with, with the ILH for Hero Clicks, all right? Okay, with that, uh, I'm going to be out, son. Thanks for coming on. We'll see you. See ya. So... Uh, we kind of got off topic with Edward coming on today, so we're gonna try to get back to the kind of our regularly regular flow of the podcast. We're gonna go into news first, 
And uh, we've already brought up the podcast that Edward and I will be running uh, starting hopefully next week. We have the big tournament coming up this Friday. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, as far as spoilers, we haven't had a ton, but we have had a couple of interesting ones. You want to talk about the weird-ass cat first? Yeah, this one. This one's pretty interesting. Um, so we got Nico Main King from Yu-Gi-Oh, which is a 55-point figure. It has four clicks, um, alternates perplex outwit, perplex outwit, and has super senses for its last three clicks. Um, no indom, no combat symbol, zero range. Um, what makes this piece crazy is its trait called nuisance. When Nico Main King takes damage from an attack. After actions resolve, characters on the attacker's force can't be given actions until that player's next turn. So that pretty much means once this takes damage from an attack, your opponent's turn might as well be over. Because it's any actions. It's not free actions, it's not power actions, huh. it's actions. And he has phasing and plasticity. <laughs> oh, all four so clicks. once he gets in and makes you hit him, good luck getting away from the bastard. And then super senses on click three, two, three, four. And I think what you guys are overlooking is the obviously important Joey Wheeler keyword. <laughs> there were a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh fanboys on the forums arguing that he only used this thing once in the whole show. But it's uh, uh, common too. Yeah, so for a, a fifty-five point figure, I mean, like this is a figure that in Silver Age games, if I was looking to be a douchebag to somebody, I, I could abuse the crap out of. Uh, we got a Superman Legion of Superheroes spoiler. This style has a lot going on. It's yes. Emerald Empress. She's a rare, and she has a trait. At the beginning of the game, place an Emerald Eye of Ekron relic token in her square. This object doesn't count towards your force and is described on the back of the card. She automatically succeeds when she rolls to pick up the Emerald Eye. Uh, when she is assigned the Emerald Eye and has two tokens, she can use her speed powers as a free action. And she has running shot and mind control for her speed powers with eight range. So, basically, every time she has two tokens, she'll get to use either free running shot or mind control, whatever she happens to be on. Um, keep in mind, she has running shot and pulse wave at the same time, so she could running shot and then pulse wave yeah. with this free thing, because the running shot will give you the pulse wave for free. So, as long as it, this is giving her free running shot, and then next part of the tree, you running shot, you get a free action, so then she would get pulse wave. Uh, she has mystics and wild card and indom. She has two-point options, 190 or 115. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Are her two clicks for another 75 no. points worth it? Um, I think having running shot pulse wave imperv outwit with what's her range in eight. Yeah. I think the outwit at eight range comboed with those other two things. Um, I think she has viability in the first two clicks, which... And that's two more clicks of Mystics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's... It's iffy. Um, it's hard to justify two clicks for 75 points or whatever. But I think she could almost pull it off with the double pulse wave. Like, yeah. that's huge. And then the outwit capabilities, too. Well, what we're, all, what we're also forgetting is when she picks up this relic, not only is it going to give her the free stuff, it's also going to give her the rest of the stuff the relic gives, which is mind control, end cap, but more importantly, improved targeting, yeah. ignore hindering, and characters, and isn't dealt unavoidable damage from mind control. Yeah, and see what's crazy about that is, once again, with the two clicks of outwit on her top, well, she has outwit on her bottom dial, too, but um, she ignores hindering for that, and characters, so, I mean, like, you have that pesky stealth character... You could outwit their stuff. Maybe that brother Voodoo who's giving you problems in his smoke cloud. Boom. All of a sudden he's not hitting you. Blasted. Uh, well, and she's calculator. 
Yeah. So yeah. wild card and mystics. Oh, yeah. Then you uh, one exactly. important thing to note about the relic if you want to play the relic by itself, it's a roll of only you have to hit a six to get it. But it gives mind control, end cap, improved targeting, uh, hindering in characters, isn't dealt unavoidable damage from mind control. When this character takes damage from an attack, Emerald Eye is placed in an adjacent square. So when she gets when she takes damage, she will have to drop it and then later but pick it up. She auto succeeds picking. Um, but characters may attempt to be assigned the Emerald Eye more than once per game. There you go. So that way, if it's dropped, she can pick it. Back. That's different than every other relic in the game. So she's pretty ridiculous for 115 points. I just she's, I like, she's I, definitely worth her points. Um, I don't know as far as long term viability. Well, she's not. But she is very she's good. She's not game-breaking, but she's insanely... I definitely like her at 115. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to say that, but... Uh, um, yeah. The other small piece of news we got is that next year, supposedly, we will not get a free figure for free comic book day. Aw. I know, it sucks. Well, this year it was only the Iron Man marquee anyway. We will be getting Batman Arkham Origins Quick Start Kit, which we all really care about. Mm-hmm. Um... This will be similar to the Lex Luthor Superman one that they came out with, where there's just two pieces and they're simple dials, and they're they are illegal dials. They'll have the purple rings around them. I can't wait to play my purple ring Joker in the ROC. So <laughs> that's all the news we had. We, as far as uh, what we played this week, Wednesday. What was Wednesday's build? Sealed Iron Man. Uh, sealed Iron Man. Three hundred points. Yep. You could play rings if you pulled them. And you play ATAs if they were on the cards. Play ATAs on the cards. I'll let Austin talk about his team, what he almost played, and then what I made him play. (laughs) So I opened my boosters in first glance. I was pretty depressed. Um, I had some okay options, and the first team I built was uh, the controller with his slave ring ability, Um, the Argonauts Tony Stark, who can mind control friendly armor and robot characters, Um, Crossbones... And I can't remember what the fourth piece was, but it was an oh, it was it was Puck. I had Puck on both teams, um, so that was my first team build. Damn I was like, you had Puck on both. <laughs> um, uh, we'll get into that one next episode about how good Puck is in this set sealed. Um, controller has the kind of cool ability where if he punches somebody, he puts a slave disc on him, and he can free action mind control people with slave discs, and he gets plus one all combat values for each slave disc. So my idea was I was going to use Argonauts. Um, Iron Man to mind control him to keep slapping slave discs on people, and the maps that we had from the OP kit were pretty small. Like they were, clo- or they were close quarters maps. I thought I could pull it off. Then Hunter made me take another check at Count Nefaria, who I pulled, and I had known he was pretty good, but when I really looked at that dial, I was like, why am I not playing this for sealed? Yeah. You should play the motherfucker. Especially with the puck to tie up. Oh, yeah. So uh, I swapped my team over to Puck and Nefaria. Um, <laughs> how good was that? Uh, considering how little hypersonic there is in this set, I think there's really only two, two maybe three pieces. Which is strange, by the way, how little hypersonic there is in this set. Because you figure, you know, Invincible Iron Man, Iron Man. They throw, they do throw move and attack Iron Man's way sometimes, but they rarely give him actual hypersonic. I prefer yeah. him without hyper. He doesn't seem like a hypersonic. Yeah, I agree. He's running shot long range to me um, too. But, but uh, my first round went. It was basic hypersonic keep away. Um, my opponent was running the Chase Iron Soldier, which I don't love. Uh, Chase Iron Soldier has no move and attack, but he has stealth. So, the best thing you can do with him is kind of keep him back and shoot at people. 
So I was just grabbing objects with Nefaria, hypersonicing around the corner, busting someone in the face and running back. Just a typical douchebag hypersonic setup. And then Puck was being used to tie up people, and Puck has him power. So while he's got him tied up, I hypersonic up. Oh, now I'm punching with an object and in power, and then I'm running back away. Um, it, Puck's really hard to hit, especially on a second click. Um, he has combat reflexes and a 17 as like a 50-point character. Um, he, he's really good. Um, my second game... Um, I don't remember what my second game You played against uh, Hyperion. Yeah, that's right. I played against Hyperion. That game was not enjoyable. Um, he was <laughs> who also pulled a 20-point goon, which is, what can you ask for for the guy who heals off killing cheap people? He pulled the freaking ma- magic goon. <laughs> and I know he's listening right now, so once again I'm going to laugh at him for not killing the goon and taking the heal and everything. But uh, the goon, the goon kind of threw a wrench in my plans a lot of times because all of a sudden, and I have to thank him, he did decide to be nice to me and warn me I was about to run next to a plasticity person. And I, I owe him one for that. But uh, it really came down to Hyperion dropped on a pulse wave. And I was pretty much screwed had he got one pulse wave off. Um, he proceeded to miss four pulse waves that needed sixes and sevens in a row. Um, which allowed me to take the game. And then my final round was against Silver Centurion. And once again, Centurion really sets the pace. And as a hypersonic person, I couldn't just run out, smash, and run away because this torpedo was building up. And that torpedo, Nefaria's got a weird dial. His top two clicks are invincible, and then he's got a bunch of invul, but he picks up a... Like a 12 attack and 5 yeah, damage or his, something. His third click is his best, which is kind of funny because invul will knock him onto that most times. Or invincible will knock him onto that most times. And his um, attack ability is ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, the thing was... That torpedo's sitting back there building. I had to run up on him, but the thing I wasn't thinking about is he had Justin Hammer, which was able to outwit some of my stuff. It really kept me down. Um, it kept me from doing a lot of stuff. Um, that Justin Hammer we'll talk about uh, when we get to the sealed stuff next told time. Told uh, Yeah, Drew told us. Um, no one wanted He to wasn't as me. effective against Nefaria. I didn't believe you. He's he, uh, Ridiculous! <laughs> Basically, he ignores line of fire. At least in the same line of fire on outwit and perplex. If somebody is art has armor or something like that, armor robot, I think. Um, it was just it was a mess. Um, that torpedo went off and it it hurt. It hurt bad. One cool thing about Nefaria is he has three clicks of hypersonic, and then his last uh, five clicks he gets freaking charge flurry, and, and he has four energy. clicks of steel energy with that charge flurry. Yeah. So he's really hard to kill. He was he was a fun piece. Like I enjoy. Like I would recommend if you're playing sealed and you pull him, definitely play him. Um, not just because he's good, but because he was fun to play. The only <laughs> the Hyperion is basically Nefaria, but better. Yeah, yeah. He has Indom, and then basically a pretty similar dial except he gets late dial pulse, pulse wave. wave. So, um, I pulled total shit in typical Hunter Smith fashion. That's out of two. Listen to this. Out of two boosters, so out of ten figures. I had three different pairs, like the same exact figures. I had two bulldozers, two centurious, two um, bulldozers. Somebody else really shitty. No, one crossbones, two somebody else really shitty. But I did pull Mandarin and a ring, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm playing Mandarin and a ring just for fun." And I played two of the cheap bulldozers because I looked at their trait. Super good. Oh yeah. Um, uh, let me look. Pull a bulldozer here at his cheaper value. I ran two of him. At 70 points, 
And with the Wrecking Crew ATA, which is plus one attack when you charge and ignore hindering terrain. Which is ridiculous. They also ignore blocking terrain and destroy it when they go through it. Yeah. Which is really good for these maps because there's a lot of walls. Their trade is at the end of your turn, choose a side of the square the bulldozer occupies, lines of fire drawn to him that pass through that side of the square are blocked until your next turn. This means unless you're perfect diagonal, you can't hit the bastard. So, or, yeah, or unless you can get around him. So what? I, and I pulled Mandarin, and I pulled which ring here? The ring that it gives was the him green squiggly ring. It's when he gives uh, when he makes a ranged attack, he gets plus one range and damage. Oh, Electroblast. Which isn't a bad one for him to have. So I use that and uh, Mandarin bulldozer and the two bulldozers and the ATAs. I didn't think I really stood much of a chance. Uh, especially against my first team, which was literally like, if I could draw a picture of what I want my Iron Man SEAL team to be, TJ pulled it. He pulled <laughs> uh, two dude, that Brothers team was Grimm's. Really good. He pulled two Brothers Grimm's, Melter, the best SEAL piece in the entire freaking set, and somebody, uh, Crossbones and somebody else really good. That, and I ended up beating them. I was going to say, that's the one thing about my first round, is he pulled Melter, and like I was afraid of him at first, and I remembered, I don't have armor, so Melter is like worthless. Like, his abilities are nowhere near as good if you don't have armor, but he's, like, broken if you do. He's already really good, though. He's I mean, still got he has Psychic sign. Blast, yeah. one of the few good oh, yeah, Psychic too. Blast pieces in the set. Uh, anyways, I uh, I took that team down. The bulldo- So what I was doing, I moved the bulldozers up and next to a wall, pick their, and then run Mandarin behind them and pick their squares where you literally can't shoot my team. Yeah. I'm just like a pack of 300 soldiers with their little shields out, like top and bottom, like I'm just moving up like a turtle shell. Um, they're so, especially with them busting through walls, yeah. I'd go through the indoors part and I'd bust walls out in a way that when I stopped and lined up my team, I would have all the angles cut off where they literally can't shoot me. Yeah. So I made it where they had to deal with bulldozer charging in with objects. So it was really fun. Um, I went two and one uh, with a decent chunk of points. The team I lost to was Detroit Steel and Ironmonger 2.0, both with the ATAs. That ATA is People way too good. People are underestimating both those pieces and yeah, the, and that ATA. Without the ATA, I could have beat the the team. With the ATA, with having perplex on both of them 24 seven, it was just with me having no support at all. It was the game changer. And both of them have Indom, and I had nobody with Indom. Yeah, um, I think people really underestimate both those pieces actually, especially with the ATA. So it was fun. I do like Iron Man Sealed. I want to say um, it was it was the pieces you pull. Like once again, there isn't a lot of Indom in that set. So like at first glance, you're like, man, these pieces are terrible. But they have fun abilities. Um, there's a lot of good synergy between pieces if you can find it. Like you really have to look for it, which I like. Um, that Aurora actually got played against me um, my last round. I forgot about her. She's mediocre, but if you pull Northstar with her, that's a broken combo and seal. But even then, that negative two attack when you hit somebody and you tag somebody, all yeah, you gotta do true. is hit them. Um, that screwed me up having a tent pull because she blasted me when I was on Steel Energy, and even flurrying, I needed like a ten to hit somebody with a seventeen. Ricky, have you played our men sealed yet? Um, we did Fear itself month six, and we did one Fear itself, one Iron Man. So, I mean, kind of, but not two boosters. But I got uh, the team, I, I think we played 500 points, and I had Bulldozer. I used Bulldozer at 70 like you did. Yeah, you did. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I had Iron Monger 2.0. That's my, I need that guy, man. And he is, I have one. Oh, wait, no, I have him. You I need, want the other you need Iron Monger. Yeah. But he is really good, and, and people kind of, well, uh, the only, I lost to Dwayne my second round. And Dwayne had uh, Kurth 
and rescue and that uh, that Iron Man with number thirty eight the stealth. That, yeah, he's good too. The whole time. Yep, he's good. And then he had somebody else I can't remember though, but he uh, that Kurth. Anyway, everybody knows Kurt. Everybody knows what Kurt does. But Iron Monger 2.0 is awesome because I could steal Perplex or Outwit, and then you know, and then I had the ATA on him, so I was I kept buffing myself, you know, my defense or my attack, whatever I needed. He's one of those pieces we looked at when he spoiled, and we were like, "Eh, he's eh. okay." And then once you really get him out on the field, realize how good Jack and those abilities are. And how good he's just base abilities. And also, are. he's the one where when somebody dies, people a uh, teammate yeah. dies, people adjacent to that teammate take one unavoidable damage. Yeah. yeah. And in uh, Invincible Iron Man Sealed, where there's a lot of lower point characters you could flood your team with, you could build some fun combos with them. Um, but since I was uh, like we were talking about, sometimes when you judge, you don't want to be, you don't want to like impact the event really. So I'm really excited to actually get to play a sealed event where I can really you know concentrate on yeah it is a good it it seems like a fun sealed set so far especially if your uh, venue lets you run the atas and the rings if you yeah and that, i think that threw a lot of uh, random factor into it because if I, I was thinking about it i was like man had i pulled like flame blast which is probably the best ring honestly besides yeah. it probably is the best yeah ring. um it, it would have completely changed my boosters just having that one five-point ring, or even, like, the Hammer Industries TA or the Wrecking Crew TA. It changes what pieces are viable by a long shot. Um, today we played, uh, Drew, Austin, and I played our Iron Man Constructed event. It was to compete for uh, two of the, resor- the ring resource and the ring that comes in the OP kit. And what I wanted to do for this, I, I knew a long time ago, I wanted to do something Iron Man-themed. So what I ended up doing was 400 points Silver Age. You have to play a named theme team of one of the following keywords. Avengers, Shield, or Stark Industries, or Hammer Industries, Hydra, or AIM. So any of those six teams, you could run a theme team, 400 points Silver Age, uh, figures only. Uh, we had 18 players, the biggest turnout we've ever had at Dugout. I mean, that's that's shocking. A so lot of new guys. We started and, with like four. Um, yeah, our first fear itself <laughs> month one. We had five people count me, but basically four players. Um, Tony. So there was a good, there was a pretty good mix of teams. There were, of course, more uh, Avengers and Shield teams than uh, than others. But I played Hydra. Drew played Aim. There was I saw another Aim team. I saw a Stark uh, two Stark Industries team, two Hammer Industries teams. There so was a good mix. I there was ex- a decent mix. I expected a lot of Avengers, and honestly, there were a few. But I was shocked at the mix. I mean, like there were some good, there were some really good Shield teams. Too. Uh, yeah, Shield. I felt Shield was the best. Shield or Avengers, of course, were the best options for that. My um, Shield team got first overall. We had three people go three and zero. Austin and Drew both went three and zero. Drew with that Modoc team. I'll get to it. What were you running, Drew? Okay, so I played uh, Modoc, Batrock. Um, three aim agents and two aim renegades. Uh, GSP. GSP! Uh, yes. First game was really slow because I was going up against, um, War Machine Prime from Invincible oh, Iron Man. I had to play him in sealed. He's such a dick. And he just hits you and then run, punches you straight in the balls and then runs away and he's like, <laughs> what you gonna do about it? <laughs> So what I started doing was I'd make sure he tried to do it. I'd barrier in Modoc, 
I just picture Rhodey doing it. It's so much funnier. <laughs> I'd bury her in Modoc with Aim Renegade. And if you haven't played Aim Renegade, he's. Just He's stupid. 35 points, net you enhance, and barrier. And Hydra TA. And Hydra. And Hydra TA. And then later support. And then or no, the, sorry, that's, that's the agent. He finds his way out of teams. He gets outwit. outwit. He gets outwit once you push him once, which yeah. I use tactically, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what's going on the quote show now. Uh, anyway. <laughs> that was Drew speak again. Yeah. So. so what's the general strategy with the team? Uh... Modok shit blast mode. <laughs> Basically, you perp up his attack or damage, preferably damage, because you don't want your enhances to be, you know... And you're already getting Hydra from the... Yeah, agents. you're at least going to get one Hydra from the Renegades. Nothing and, like shooting at a big 265-point piece with a 15 defense after Hydra. Yeah, Modok is... Yeah. Top Valley's what? A, a running shot, 11 psychic blast, 4 damage, right? Yep. 9 with running the, shot, 11, leadership. 11 psychic blast, 4 damage, 18 in perf. And leadership, and then he gets perplexed late dial, he gets prop control. He gets pulse, pulse wave, wave. That ignores the aim Friendly agents. characters with his keyword. It's if really choose, awesome. So I choose aim keyword, and then I, I poop on you. <laughs> and, and Anyway, the team was really good. I thought it was going to be worse than it turned out being. But I, I played really well today. I got a, I got really lucky with my imperv rolls the first game. Second game, I went up against Scott, and he kind of made some maneuvers that weren't legal. Just put it that way. So we rewinded, and I ended up killing him. <laughs> okay. In the parking lot. Uh, all I'm saying is that Scott, you don't have energy explosion on Chaos War Hawkeye at top click. <laughs> Austin, what were you running? Um, I really wanted that power plant today, so I went oh, balls yeah, to the walls on it. Um, I was looking through Iron Man, and I, I was trying to find a good tent pole. I knew I wanted to pick one of the big pieces from Iron Man Run, either the Silver Centurion, the War Machine Prime, or the Iron Man War Machine duo. Um, and we had been theory crafting with the duo a little bit, me and Harry, back and forth, because at first glance, the duo doesn't look that good, honestly. Um, you're like, no, no Indom, his dial's a little weird. Um, when you really break him down, though, um, he's a powerful piece for 265. Um, so I went Avengers. Um, I chose the Iron Man War Machine duo. Um, Sharon Carter was a shoe-in. She gives stealth to all adjacent Avengers. And she's shield, so you now have a 10 range. And she um, gets perplexed. And she gets perplexed if you push her. Um, and willpower, so you can shield, shield two turns in a row. Um... I ran the 50-point Chaos War Fast Forces Scarlet Witch, because why not if I'm going balls to the walls on this. Um, and Donald Blake, because he's the dumbest 33-point medic printed, um, with an 11 attack on top click for it. Um, so uh, that was my 400-point team. I went. Um, I brought a map that was all hindering with like very little blocking, because uh, that duo ignores hindering. Um, the duo also has a trait. Since he has no Indom, the way he works... If he has two tokens, he can take an action at the beginning of your... He can take an action as a free action, but he won't clear at the end of your turn. So it's kind of like he can take three action tokens, but he takes pushing on the second one, is the best way to put it. So he takes three actions in a row, then clears. Um, he also... His top click is a really good uh, 10 movement running shot with 11 attack energy explosion... Nine range, triple bolt energy explosion, mind you. And uh, imperv, 18 imperv. So basically what I would do is I would kind of set myself up in a good position on the map where I'm in stealth, 
have Sharon Carter given me stealth, of course, to keep me safe. Um, shield TA to give me an extra damage. And as I said earlier, when you have perplexes and um, modifiers on a duo attack character, you're technically getting more for your money there. So, um, between shield and two perplexes, there were times I'm swinging for duo attack seven and six. Um, he was a monster today. Um, my first round was against a silver centurion. Um, my goal was to kill the centurion before the torpedo got big, and I actually did manage to do it. Um, a lot of luck on my factor from so that. So if you kill him, his, his torpedo should instantly go away, right? I assume so, because usually when a character's game, game effect, effect ends. Yeah, so... Um, so I killed him off. Um, he missed his shape change and imperv. I got lucky at the first shot, which knocked him way down dial. He landed on a click without shape change, without imperv, and I blasted him a second time to finish him. Um, and then I just mopped up. Uh, he had Amadeus Cho, uh, Iron Fist, and uh, the 100-point Scarlet Witch. Um, um, that was... That Silver Centurion, really, it's a stressful piece to play against. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think he, a lot of people anticipate how... How much of a timer on your brain that torpedo is as it's building and building and building. And if the other player times it right, like if they manage to get that attack with a 7 damage torpedo and they time their push in with it, um, it can end the game right there. Um, my second game was against a MODOK team. Um, the MODOK blasted me with that pin sight. Um, he caught me out of stealth, blew up the object I was standing on, um, blasted me for 6 pin sight. Um, Donald Blake to the rescue as a doctor apparently and healed me healed me like four clicks back up and then uh, shield double perp boom boom knocked out Modoc one turn and then cleaned up the beekeepers um, third round was against King Hyperion King Hyperion is a straightforward Superman like um, he doesn't have I don't think he has the pulse wave that the normal version has King Hyperion oh, I'm sorry the, the prime one is what I'm thinking of normal Hyperion because he's Avengers um, I don't think he has... Does he have Pulse Wave, the prime no. one? Okay. Um, he's a straight... Mo he's a hypersonic piece, but after he knocks off that first click, he no longer has hypersonic. He's a Superman with more clicks and power cosmic is what That's he is. That's true. <laughs> he was a mess um, to deal with. Basically, our game was back and forth. I'd hit him. He'd heal. He'd hit me. I'd heal. I'd hit him back and forth and back and forth and back and forth um, until finally it just I, I managed to take out Hyperion. Um, I uh, started picking off some of his support pieces here and there. He started using them to try to block line of fire. Um, it was a really close match. Um, I'm not going to lie, Luck was huge on my side for that match. He missed some really important attacks. Um, but overall, I walked away with the power plant at the end, which made me really happy. Um, I'm definitely going to paint this thing because it's ugly as sin in its normal color. It is. It's. <laughs> they could, it looks know. like it's unpainted. Like it looks yeah, it like does. they meant to color it something. Um, but I'm I'm just happy to. It was one of those things I really wanted to win Wednesday, and then uh, to actually go hard at something to build a competitive team and to walk out with a prize was really. It felt really. I good. played a Hydra team. I wasn't trying to be super competitive because I'm the judge, so I already get one. I wasn't trying to affect the game too much. So uh, I had a really stupidly built Avengers team that I think would have done extremely well. I offered for one of these boys to play, but neither one of them played it. it. The um, Hawkeye 100-point uh, starter cap. Um, oh, yeah. White suit iron fist, a couple other guys. So it was a really good team. Uh, anyways, um, I played... Cosmic Cube Red Skull for once. Ricky's played him against me a few, quite a few times. 
I never had gotten to actually play him. He was really fun. Um, I played him. Electra, 80 point SI Electra. She's stupid good for her points. She really is. Um, a 15 point aim soldier, or a Hydra soldier, and the multiple man from the gravity feed actually has Hydra and shield keywords. Really? So I played, yeah, I played one of him, and then I played Crossbones from the main sex. I've been wanting to try him out because he looks like a pretty decent piece. Um, First game, I played against a guy who got first overall. His team was about as the best you could possibly build for this event. I knew I wasn't going to stand a chance. <laughs> he had Hawkeye, Sharon Carter, 150 Iron Man, the 19-point Mandroid Shield with TK, um, and somebody else. Brother oh, Voodoo. Brother Voodoo. So, I don't think I even killed a single character. I had Brother Voodoo. I was like the last clay, but you can't kill that guy. Um, so I didn't really get to learn my team very well that game. Second game I played against the Avengers team that also was talking about was Scarlet Witch and Silver Centurion. Centurion, such a dick. <laughs> he, he's traded ignores Pulse Wave and Psychic Blast and Poison. All Red Skull gets is Pulse Wave and Psychic Blast. And Poison. And what happened oh, is he has also like running shot in eight range, two bolts I think. So, basically, while I was moving up, all my guys kept getting picked off. And he had a white suit, Iron Fist, as well, who was picking off some people. Um, Crossbones landed a few attacks, whittled some guys down. Red Skull I kept back on purpose. I wanted him to have to deal with... I wanted him to see how much he would push Centurion. Um, Because I knew I couldn't hurt him otherwise. Because, like you said, shape change and impervious. So what I kept trying to do was set up situations where he has somebody to hit, but he's going to have to push to do it. And he finally started taking the bait and started clicking off of Impervious and Shape Change. Then I moved in and started taking some shots. And see, I was going to say, the one thing he didn't do in in the game against me that would have changed the game is, with that Scarlet Witch, you've got to remember she can remove team abilities. Had he stripped Shield from me, it would have forced me out of range. And then against you, stripping Hydra probably would have helped a lot, too. Well, he killed my entire team, except for... I had full health Red Skull. My entire team was gone. I hadn't killed a single one of his characters yet. I ended up winning the game. <laughs> um, Red Skull? Red Skull, I kept... What happened was, he... he Red Skull's moving up one side of the map. It's the Wolverine Indoors map, so there's there, there's that like little room that's up. So Red Skull crept around the side of the map the whole entire game. All my other guys were in the middle, and he moved his guys in to fight. Left two support pieces up on top. So I ran around back, staying as far away from Iron Man as possible, and just kept pulse-waving guys. Killed off Scarlet Witch and uh, uh, Cho, and then he doesn't have moving attack or willpower. Yeah. So all his guys had to keep slowly moving around, and I would just line up shots where I could get one of them and then phase away and make them keep on having to catch up with me. Eventually, he kept having to push Iron Man and I out-actioned him and ended up winning. I did get knocked down onto... That's ridiculous. uh, I got knocked right past Steel Energy. I was actually wanting his like charge exploit Steel Energy so I could actually do damage to Centurion. He popped me right off of it on my last click, which is actually good. It's like a 17 Super Senses Perplex and Psychic Blast, I think. And um, and phasing. So he kept tying me up with Iron Fist. I would smack somebody. He'd move in. I'd phase away. Make him have to, again, push to, if he wanted to try to get to me. I just out-actioned and positioned him and ended up winning. Um, Red Skull was really fun. 
Never give up as long as you have one piece on the board. Third game I played against that war machine that Edward was talking about. And the shotgun armor uh, that has the where he moves a full was across talking the map. To the guy who was he's playing good. Today. He's good. He he gave it in one move. Uh, he did two penetrating to two of my characters and gave three of them tokens. <laughs> um, I finally got my Madroxes to start duplicating, and once you get those puppies duplicating, they just like they're so good. They get they have empower or perplex or. Um, uh, and then I was using X-Men TA to heal them all back up to top and then swarming in. They get plasticity if they're next to each other. So once it, the first two games, they got smoked each time. But that game, they actually got to start duplicating and made the difference. So the Having game. played against those Madroxes, they're really weak if they don't get to duplicate. But once they start duplicating, yeah. it's hard to stop. I honestly should have ran two of them somehow and switched my points around. And then I would have had a lot more success with them. I realized probably the big counter to Silver Centurion... Um, although, once again, it goes against the fact you have a ticking time bomb right behind him the whole game, um, would be in-cap. In-cap would help because you could actually push him off of Imperv onto Invul because he alternates. Um, push him on Invul, then blast him really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that because um, he's not immune to... Uh, in-cap. He's Our, not a... Uh, Battle Fury exploit. Yeah, Battle Fury exploit, a world breaker would probably wreck him. Teach him a new one because he would ignore shape change. And... Yeah, um, it was a fun team. Uh, my verdict on Crossbones, he's not bad. I think he's uh, he's a very solid sealed choice. Constructed, he's okay. He's not. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. Like when If I was he had in Dom, he would be worth it. If not, he does have a cool attack power. I just could never manage to get it to go off on the right time. Where he, ru- he has running shot in RCE, then he has a special attack power. When he lands a ranged combat attack... He gets to use sidestep, and then after sidestep, he gets to make another attack, but it has to be against somebody else. Yeah. And I just could never get well, it. Well, today happen. today's event was like three. It was four hundred points, and you had to have at least four characters. So most people mm-hmm. were running smaller teams. So, anyways, it was fun. Um, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't. I can't say I enjoy playing like that level of competitive team, but it was it was a really good team and. It, it was a blast, honestly, in the long run. Yeah, and I don't. I went three zero, and I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, Drewster. Rooster for the win here. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't sell my soul to Iron Man War Machine. And... <laughs> Is this the new piece you guys are going to whine about? <laughs> no, it's just uh, you it's play like the this third one we've gotten in, like, this year. Yeah, but it's not a movie one. Wow. Uh, moving into community section. Question of the week this week was, what is your... Uh, which team base, now that the changes have taken place, or at most venues have taken place, after the changes, which team base do you think will be the best? Um, I think pre-changes, pre, uh, most people would say JL and, um, and or Shi'ar and or Trinity. Those are probably the top three. Um, what do you got? We'll start with Ricky as the guest. What do you think is the best after the changes? I mean, probably Shi'ar still, but... I haven't really got to play a lot of them. The one that I think uh, benefits from it is the uh, um, the Brotherhood. Yeah. Because I got to play him once, and he was a fun piece. But I think having, I think he gets invul from uh, Magneto on the asset dial. Mm-hmm. He starts yeah. out on that, and then I think his isn't he like a weird like two fifty or two forty or something. I don't remember. Um, but it's, but now it's 200 points, right? 
It's every fraction of one fifty. I think they get an extra. Yeah, every fraction. So okay, so he would still get. They would get two. Yeah, so I I mean, maybe I'm probably just Shiar, but the Brotherhood. I just think that was like an overlooked kind of piece because he's cheap and you can play him at different, you know, different kind of levels, and he was fun for me. Boys, what do you guys think? Um, I said mine on there, but uh, Trinity of Sin I think didn't get affected much. It lost one action. You didn't run Trinsen for the team or for the map choice because it only had three. You didn't run it for three Dif- actions necessarily. Right. What makes it really good is the two damage mystics, um, the capabilities on its dial, the outwits, the perplexes, and all that jazz it gets, and then. It, it's a solid dial on its own, and losing one action didn't drastically... And the figures that pop off. Yeah, the figures that pop off it are really good, too. Drew, what do you like? Oh, we had the big three before, and, you know, they're always going to be the big three team bases. They're still ridiculous. Um, but uh, I'd probably say Trinius, and but New Mutants is still out there. That's my pick, New Mutants. The only thing is that... And I think people are forgiving about it. A big thing, though, of why people ran new mutants was the plus seven to map roll. I think losing that's going to really... Well, I don't it, think it'll uh, it certainly it. helps, but um, I think the thing about new mutants that makes it good, you look at its dial, it doesn't hit hard anyways. Yeah. It doesn't really hit Ultra. at all. The thing about new mutants is constantly spawning good care, good, yeah. I can't, I need to emphasize good pop-offs off of that Rain thing. Shots? Also, oh, 200 points, it's only going to be 50 points over and getting the two actions for it. And it's still going to get the pop-off sunspot and war start for the perplexes yeah. and the enhancement and all that stuff. I think I think basically it stayed the same and everybody else got nerfed down to it. So that makes it pretty good. Um, of course, Shi'ar and Trensin are still going to be good. I don't know about JL. I think JL actually lost the, quite a bit. The playtesting yeah. that I've been hearing, though, is that JL, even though it lost a bit, is still way up there. So, I guess only time will tell. Um, I'm still really partial to Imperial Guard, Imperial Guard, and I still would like to play. I still think it's very, very viable. Um, dial design. Uh, November winner was Swagnito. Yeah. Uh, Swag has been in it since the beginning, right? By having us kill Drew off that week, he really yeah. pulled ahead. I mean, that was the, the defining moment. Um, he's been submitting since day one. So yeah, uh, he's, uh, he's always been close to winning. <laughs> never <laughs> actually. He's always been like third or I hate to say place. it's funny to me, but it is kind of funny how Swag was always like half a point down every time. Well, you know, Swag Nero just got like a dartboard and put your picture on it. And it's just going to be Austin. <laughs> Austin. He does that anyway. <laughs> so, um, he finally uh, pulled out a victory. We will have assignment for week one on there very soon. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Should we give it today or should we wait? Let's see. Today is the 30th. We're going to have this one, two, three weeks. Four. Yeah, I guess we should go ahead and give assignment number one out today. We're not going to do a team-based month yet. Um, we will be doing another one very soon. We did... Uh, did we do Marvel or DC last time? I think we did Marvel. I think we did Marvel. We did Marvel. So there'll be a, a DC team-based month coming up very before soon. Before 15 Doom Patrols? Um, as far as your assignment this week, what I would like to do... What, I have an idea. What's your idea? You want to go look, first? You can go first. Yeah. All right, Austin's going to give week one this time. I'm switching it up. I, I was going to say, I want to see uh, Asgardians or someone from one of the, the non-Midgard Nine Realms, like characters like that, like either... Um, because you have the Dark Elves, you have the Frost Giants, you have all the people from... All the Dwarfs. 
there's so many possibilities you could go with. Uh, on that, f- let's see, could, what would we do for DC, though, if I did that? So what do you want to say, deity keyword? That way you would cover the basis for uh, Marvel? Asgard for Marvel. Um, let's do Amazon for DC. All right, that's fair enough. So Asgardian or Amazon? Well, I think that's a pretty fair one. Although there's not a lot of particular Amazon okay. characters. Amazon. The only problem is you got like Hippolyta, you got Wonder Woman, and you got like generic Amazon people. You have a couple other Amazon or one of the Greek gods or something. Because like even Cassie's not actually an Amazonian. That's true. Damn. Why don't you just do deity keyword? Let's do deity keyword. All right, we're just gonna do deity keyword. Any piece that fits a deity keyword. Austin's per- preferably looking for Thor or Wonder Woman figure uh, themed, uh, you know, other characters in their realms. But, uh, Hercules. <laughs> so <laughs> we haven't uh, had a good Hercules in a while. So we'll post that up. Uh, there's oh, okay, a I have a best build assignment for you guys as well. This is for December. The best build assignment is Modern Age 300. Now we're getting Christmassy with this. Oh no! Oh yeah! And this is what we're gonna be doing. Modern Age 300. Figs only. Your team has to be all red or all green. They don't have to have it in their name. But most, uh, the the kind of rule ratio I usually use is 50% of their sculpt or more needs to be either red or green. But it has to be either all red team or all green team. Not only that, we're going to be doing the relic idea. So Austin was saying he wanted something to do with relics and we could come up with something good and then one day it just hit me. I'm going to take 20 different relics with their cards, bring them to the venue, have them numbered out, laid out, and each time you sit down and get ready for your match, I'm going to do a random number generator and give you that relic to put on your team. You go ahead and place it on the map. There's plus two to all relic rolls. Some of them are going to be good. I'm going to throw Mjolnir in there. Mjolnir with plus two to pick it up God. becomes really stinking good because it's the six that keeps it in check. 50-50 to pick it up is going to be good. But I'm also going to have a uh, rebreather. And stuff that's probably not going to help your team that much. You know what? Invincible Iron Man added a lot of figures that'll help this. Because I mean, you got like Crimson Cal, you got uh, Detroit Steel's mostly red. There's a lot of really good red figures though, right? So I'm going to throw 20 different resources, like three rings, three hammers, three gems. You know, do a good mix of it and some other cool pieces, and uh, randomly assign relics between each round. So that'll be another little. Um, that does take away a little bit from best build, but it makes it a little fun and Christmas themed, you know. So that'll add. So basically, just build modern three hundred figures only team of all red or all green. Um, we have a ROC tournament coming up. Uh, this is submitted from Jason Lapel. Um, Alex Avila, former uh, Gen Con winner, is actually judging this. It's at J and J Gaming in Danville, Washington. Uh, It's at 1206 West Main, if anybody knows the area, Denver, Washington. It is December 7th and 8th, so that'll be coming up next week. They have an ROC tournament. You can go to HC Realms, the ROC tab, and find find out more information if you guys are near that and want to go. We have a few questions from listeners this week that we can chime in on. Um, One is on Twitter from Michael Comby. I kind of already answered it for him, but I kind of wanted to throw it out there for you guys. He's doing a, a... uh, build at his venue for AVX. It's 300 points starter figures only. And he wanted to know from Avengers, he has the Avengers, what would you run? Um, that Wolverine half-dial keeps getting overlooked a lot. Um, I've heard a lot of people getting good work done with him for, uh, is it 75 points at his half-dial? He has three options. 
Okay. I, I, I do like a 75 his barrel in the His 75 point dial is really good. Um, we've talked before about how cheap blades exploit's always good. Yeah. Um, I really like him. Um, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet, <laughs> Scarlet Witch to rob X-Men of their healing abilities isn't too bad. Um, and he, she herself is already an amazing support piece. Um, Cap... Uh, Cap with his leadership is absurdly good. Um, if you're running pure pure Avengers, um, I have I've seen some Thors. Um, I was talking to someone today about running the Thor, and they said although he looks good on paper, they felt like he he didn't get the mileage that they felt like he deserved. He's lacking a lot of running shot. I'll say that one. Yeah, they said uh, moving attack wise, he was really lacking. Yeah, um, I still think he's really good. He I'd probably do Scarlet Witch, the hundred point Cap, and the hundred point Spider Man. Is it hundred points? There's two options, 100 and 125. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, not I 300, either. I'd probably play those three because I can't even... You'd have a two perps. You'd have the leadership off Cap. He could cop, Spidey could copy Mystics from Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I mean, like, I'd run that. That's yeah. probably what I would I run. told him at 300, I don't like this... I don't like any of these options the best at 300. Uh, I like 125 uh, Spider-Man... 100 point Thor because of running shot pulse wave, a range if you can keep, and uh, uh, four damage, uh, super strength as well. So pick up an object, stay in hidden, line up your your attack, and then smack. Uh, X Men TA is on Wolverine, so Spidey can copy that if one of them needs to heal the other one. Remember, Spidey has super senses and shape change at the same time, and reflexes, and quasi moving attack, uh, quasi hypersonic. Um, Hits really hard. I think, I think the Spider Man is going to surprise a lot of people. I think so too. So I had Spidey one twenty five, Thor at a hundred, and Wolverine at seventy five. Now at four hundred, when you can throw a hundred point Scarlet Witch on there, now Spidey can copy Mystics, and uh, it becomes a lot better team. So there's some good options there. Uh, we had a question also on Gmail from Tom Boyk. It's pretty long. Uh, it just says, "Been a long time listener. A few podcasts ago." Uh, he thinks it was me. He said something about being tied up with a lesser character but kept missing my roles. He said, I've had that happen twice in the last few weeks and it really slowed down my team. Do you risk breakaway or do you keep on slugging it out? This seems to happen to me more often than actually, not. I just wanted your take. Go ahead, boys. Yeah, this happened to me today, actually. Against, um, it, my moto got tied up by uh, Iron Fist and 75-point Iron Man from... Iron Man 3. And I was like, well, you know, I could stay here and, you know... But it's worth risking breaking away, in my opinion, to get all the damage. And you can, especially with characters that can defend themselves, like MODOK, against, you know... He's got Imperv. Basically, you get what I'm saying. Um, I think really the the what I started doing recently is I've had I usually have horrible luck with breakaways. I almost never go for it. Like I never breakaway. Uh, what I do when I go to breakaways, I look at the figure and I think if I just gave them an action token and they didn't do anything, would this ruin the game for me? Like when I was playing Dracula a few weeks ago, I had a good opportunity to break away and smack somebody, and I stopped to thought think I was like I already have one action token. If I give him a second one, I'm gonna have to clear. He's going to get a chance to completely blast me down. Oh, it's going to completely ruin me. So I took the kind of safe route. I went ahead and just smacked at somebody close anyway. Gained the steel energy, healed one, whatever. And just kind of sat there. And it kind of, it was a little bit better on me um, than risking the 50-50 breakaway where 
I would have given him a token, then he would have had two turns, basically, to freaking just tear into me. I think it's totally situational. Exactly. I think, I think yeah. it depends on what figure's tying you up, who or who what, is being tied yeah, up. Yeah, who's being tied up. Um, I've had, I mean, Hunter and I had a game one time when uh, freaking Asgardian Troll was tying up Tartar Sauce, and I rolled the breakaway, and, you missed. and I missed, and I could have just, and then he exploited me <laughs> for like three damage or whatever it was, crazy. Like, you, I think it's, like I said earlier, it's just t- entirely situational. So you just need to see what's happening and then uh, make your it's a call It's then. a combo of Austin and Ricky's answers. It's it's very situa- situational. Um, whether I roll for breakaway depends on how much more potential am I losing by staying and fighting this guy compared to... Uh, what I want to do. If it's Modok, for example, since we've been talking about him, and he's on running shot, 11 attack, psychic blast, 4 damage perplex, and a little crappy piece is tying me up, getting the running shot and the psychic blast and the 4 damage on somebody, it's worth taking the risk because that's that's a lot of reward yeah, for yeah. the risk. If I, if I just had like a 10 and a 3 and I didn't have range powers... I probably will just go ahead and hit the person who's tying me up. So it kind of is situational. But like Austin said, you do have to realize if you roll for that breakaway and you fail it, you just wasted your action. So you do have to sit and think about the pacing for a second. If I fail this, am I going to get shit blasted for the next two turns? It's sometimes better off to just hit the person. And it's also really big to take into account chance to break away. Um, Sometimes, like, you'll have a... You'll be based with somebody who has, like, Imperv, for instance... And you want a running shot pin side them to get through the imperv. Um, they have a 33% chance of hitting imperv if you melee them or whatever. you got to kind of look at that compared to like the 50% or even worse to break away you might have depending on what they have. My rule of thumb that I've started running, if you have less than a 50% chance to break away, it's almost never worth it. If they have plasticity, don't even try it. Yeah, yeah. Um, even if it's like you have a 2 out of 6 chance to get away, it's... It's it's also the fact that you shouldn't underestimate your character's melee capabilities because if you do have an outwit in range, you can still do some pretty decent damage. And I have to say this, um, this isn't a hit at this guy or anything. You have to really try to keep your figures back. Um, if you know they have good tie-up pieces, you have to pay attention to where your pieces are going to get tied up from. And it's a lot about anticipating your opponent's movements at the same time. Don't let yourself get tied up. Um, sometimes it's unavoidable, of course, but... Um, if you can help it, keep your pieces back when they when the your opponent's moving in on you. Keep them just one out of range of that tie up piece and frustrate your opponent instead of having them frustrate you by being based with you all game. The second part of his email actually brings up a cool idea. He says, "Thanks for the YouTube channel. The more clicks, media, the better." Um, to sum it up, he says it would be awesome to do kind of a mystery science theater three thousand type thing where I record or we record commentary about a match that we record and talk about why you would do this in this situation and something like that. That's That's actually actually a really good idea. Um, I don't really have a lot of time to do that right now, but when we do um, get the capabilities of recording matches, we're especially going to probably do best build matches uh, here and there. When we do get to that, I will definitely keep that in mind because that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, I was going to say, when you first talked about a YouTube channel, I was thinking almost exactly that exact idea was that we'd look at uh, having matches and then just comment on them. We got a Facebook message from Chris Brown. He says, Chris Brown. Hey guys, big fan What's of the, the show. Been listening since episode two. 
I wanted to see if I could get you guys' opinion or suggestion. Me and a local game store have been trying to build a Heroclix community at their store for the past couple months, but not having any luck. Is there anything you guys would suggest to keep people in this, to get people in the store to play? Um, my thing, if you have any local comic book stores nearby or any other gaming stores nearby, ask them if you can put up a flyer in their venue. Um, try to talk to the owner or whoever works there the majority of the time and get them explain what the game is, you know how it works. Um, that it could actually increase the sales of their comic books, you know, with more clicks players getting in the in the area. Uh, try to get them on your side. Try to get some so that that way maybe they'll mention it to yeah. to some shoppers when they come in and uh, get some flyers up. Get some flyers up as much as you can. It's more going to be about promotion. And also go to hcrealms.com. Post your event uh, on there. Go to the Reddit, the sub, the Reddit, the Clicks subreddit on Reddit, and look for there's a there's a thread on there that is basically finding players in your area. There's one like that on Realms. There's probably some players. I can almost guarantee you there's yeah. some players that you don't know are there. That's how how many times that's happened to us at both of our or at all three of the venues. People show up. They're like, I didn't know you guys played Hero Clicks. Like, it's such a big thing to get the word out there to people. And when we first started, um, if, I, if I recall, GP was, like, telling people that, hey, we have people coming and asking about Heroclix. They're playing over here. You guys should go check it out. Um, cross-promotion is huge between venues. Mm -hmm. People don't just play one venue strictly. I was going to say, my next thing was going to be go to other venues that are around play at their venues, and when you talk to the guys, bring up, yeah, we're going to start playing here at this yeah. time. That's how you're going to bring more people in. Um, mm -hmm. Besides that... Facebook communication. <laughs> yeah, once you get the group going, uh, Facebook is a good idea. But um, another one would be once you do start having games, try to present a very noob-friendly environment yeah, where when new people come in, they don't feel... Um, they don't feel like they're getting dominated. They have no help. Let you know, make it a very environment where they feel easy about asking questions all the time yeah. no. and learning. Make it be a learning environment and not an aggressive environment to keep them coming every week. Yeah, keep it pretty friendly and casual for the smaller group. When you start getting a little bigger, I think you can start stepping into the more hardcore competitive stuff. Because um, I want that turned me off for the first time we started playing. We stepped right into events that were really hardcore, really cutthroat, and it made me not want to play anymore. And then we swapped over and started playing at other venues where it was a little softer, a little more about, hey, we're playing with action figures from comic book characters, and it made it a much more enjoyable experience for us. Um, if you're talking about like getting people that like, play Magic or other games into it, you could demo the game. Um, I've, I've heard of people doing that and like kind of... Or, like, you build the teams for people to play so that it kind of takes out, you know, them having to, like, really... Because this game is super confusing at first. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Like, for me, I when I when Hunter first brought the game over, we were playing with, God, what was it, Ultimate Cap and the Joker. Legacy from, Joker. I love yeah. Legacy Joker. And we're, you know, we're... And A, it sold me because I was playing the Cap figure, but <laughs> like at first I was just like, this game... Ricky likes Cap like, in America? At first it was like... It seems simple enough, and then, like, once you really get in the game, it's, like, kind of daunting. So you don't want to, like, scare people off, like, being like, oh, this power, this power, this power, this power. Yeah. But pick a few teams, uh, a few vanilla teams, 
and let them kind of play and even ask them like hey if you wanted to come play at this venue or whatever what who are your favorite comic book characters and then build that team so they get to play with their favorite heroes you know instead mm-hmm. of just trying to play the most broken figure available um that's gonna be it for community we need to move into comics and talk about <gasps> infinity <sighs> i'm just gonna leave we're not going to talk about the final issue, which just came out Wednesday, because a, a, Ricky's the only person who's read it so far. Screw I'm going to read it tomorrow. But B, because we like to give people at least a, a week, um, uh, listeners at least a week before we talk about comics that came out. Um, but we'll talk about issues number one through five and the Avengers and the new Avengers tie-ins. Mm. It's like being a time traveler. We've, not being able to tell some of the events of their life. <laughs> we've, we've brought up um, on the podcast several times that, at least in my opinion, this is the best comic book event, especially if it ends well, which it seems like it does since Ricky's excited. This is going to be the best, at least my favorite, and I think the best comic event that they've ever done. Even counting Civil War and House of M and all the other really good events, I still think this, this is my favorite. Being a Cosmic fan. And a Hickman fan. And a Hickman fan. <laughs> um, this is definitely my favorite. I feel like I'm... I'll, oh. I'll definitely say, like, as soon as you get done with Affinity Part 6, read New Avengers. Like, right after. Don't even... Don't go and pee. Uh, don't go fix a sandwich. Just go ahead and read it. Because... Nope, nope. Ricky, don't, don't. I know you want to, buddy. We'll talk about it later. I feel like what it's I'm reading... It's not the ending you wanted, but it's the ending you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> um, Great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Hickman book, so I mean, like, I'm expecting everything just to go completely bonkers in the last two issues, because that's what Hickman does. It's always build up, and these last few issues is just boom, boom, plot twist, plot twist, plot, plot twist. Um, I love the way Hickman's portrayed humanity as kind of joining the cosmic scene. Like, usually, like, it's the cosmic scene versus humanity. Right. Um, It's interesting to see kind of, like, this Star Trek-esque almost joining of all the different races to team up against a big threat or whatever. Um, And I'm liking... I'm really liking the new characters. Um, What's his name from Mars? The... Ex Nihilo. Yeah, Ex Nihilo. I love Ex Nihilo as a character. And he's got a lot of cool backstory that is still being fleshed out and stuff like that. Um, Um... You have all the big guys from the major races. You have Clark, um, Gladiator, Black Bolt, uh, freaking Annihilus. Um, and just the fact of seeing Ronan and Clark and Gladiator in the same room without yeah, trying to literally crazy. kill each other is just awesome. Yeah. The Scroll Warlord. I didn't know anything <coughs> about that Super Scroll. Like, oh I my just gosh, how comics. can you not... Because I just started reading Did you comics. not even play Marvel vs. Capcom 3? I did, but I didn't know that was him. That, he's been probably my favorite character in Infinity so far, or one of them. Like, he's just been so badass. You know who you the leader of? The Scrubs. You're super scrub. That's who you are. <laughs> Drew's uh, just mad he came in third to my second. You guys round. haven't even read issue five. Or you seen I read Ro- five. Have I've you seen Ronan's big moment? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> God. I uh, it was only a matter of time before... He brought the hammer down. Yeah. So far, there's been two amazing hammer moments in Infinity. (laughs) Thor was the other. (laughs) There. I just. This sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And see, and I know Ricky, and I'm I'm trying to, like, keep you contained over here, buddy. I'm not going to spoil anything. It's just. It's like I kind of want to. 
express my feelings about it. And I I'll read it tonight so we can talk about it. I'm it's like going it to an AA meeting and everybody's drink. drinking. <laughs> um, and then I can't drink. So, setting up what's happening right now, leading into the last couple issues, um, the fight in space has basically been... Ne- negated I guess like basically it's, it's out of still it's all but over yeah, yeah. Um, what's going on now is um, everybody has to return to earth the Avengers have to return to earth to stop Thanos from taking over the earth and the and you, we also have the introduction of Thanos' son um, who is an inhuman and is pretty badass and pretty powerful. Yeah. Yep. Considering so, they had to put a suit on him just to stop his powers from killing everything. So, um, what the cool thing, again, about this event is the camaraderie and the fact that that Ronan and Clert and, um, and Gladiator and uh, Annihilus all, they don't have to help the humans save Earth. Like, basically, their part is over. Mm-hmm. They've saved their kingdoms, or at least kept them from getting wiped off the face of the universe. So, But they choose to go with the Avengers and to help them defend their because Earth from Cap Thanos. Because Cap helped them free them. Because Cap helped them whenever they needed it. So um, they're on their way to Earth for issue six and New Avengers to, to end it. Yeah, I guess, I don't know, There maybe there's a... I can't speculate because Ricky knows what happens. <laughs> um, and I'm afraid I'm going to see him smirk out of the corner of my eyes and I'll know I what happens. You, you, you guys can smirk. No, wrap your whole face up. No, like close this. your eyes. <laughs> I'm thinking there's going to... I think Thanos is going to die. He just winked. I think Thanos... <laughs> I think Thanos going to take over for Thanos. Um, somebody's, somebody's biting the dust. Black Bolt. Somebody's gonna die. It ain't gonna be Black Don't Bolt. You, you shut your whore don't mouth. You say it. Hold on, we're gonna kill this kid. The Lord of the Inhuman gives his life so that way the Inhumans on Earth can live. Black Bolt is not gonna die again. Don't you shut. You, He'll just, be back in like three years. Just, no, shut won't. your mouth. <laughs> they don't have a way to get him out of this one. They had a perfectly viable storyline to yeah. get him out of what happened last time. Well, maybe he gets. I don't know. <laughs> shut up. Um, is Ricky I, crying right now? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh God! Don't tell me, Rick. But I'm the. What I'm actually looking forward to a lot is the re- resolution of the new Avengers arc too. Um, it's kind of they've been filling it in a little bit with the new Avengers stuff. I'm um, guessing the new Avengers arc does not resolve. Gosh dang it, Ricky! <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst idea. Why didn't we invite Ricky tonight? I should have left the room. Um, I myself up. I am interested to see where for a if Hickman gets to stay on Avengers and New Avengers after this, b where he's gonna go after Infinity because Infinity's been going on for a year now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as far I mean, every issue everything of Avengers, set up Infinity. Every single issue of Avengers or New Avengers in some way or form has been building to Infinity. I do want to say the one thing I've liked about it though is the tie-in books are part of it. Like we. They are that doesn't even. <laughs> and Avengers and New Avengers are literally necessary. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually liking that because it's a lot like a DC event. See, that's how DC does like every. Good, it's like some sort of good event where people might actually want to read the tie. It's just like DC, where uh, every event DC does. Whereas in this is really the first one ever, actually, for Marvel that every tie-in pretty much. Civil War, kind of. Yeah, but think how many Civil War... I have a long box yeah, full of Civil true. War times. There were so many. 
they did all deal with each character's aspect. AVX is probably the worst. Oh yeah, AVX has eighty nine tie-ins and almost. Yeah. Well, AVX Seriously? Fear itself wasn't bad. Yeah, Fear itself were their focused. own story arcs, but they weren't really. They weren't necessary. When we talked about Fear itself before, I said it. Um, Fear itself's problem was its main story was stripped because they put it all in the tie-ins, right. but they didn't make it necessary to read the main story. Um, I will say this: Hickman is. After having however many years of Bendis writing all those titles, mm-hmm. Hickman is so refreshing. Like, nothing against Bendis. I like Bendis, but Hickman... And now Hickman has his own little nuances and little things he does that are kind of, like... Frustrating? Yeah. Not frustrating, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, every writer's going to have their own little thing. But with Bendis, I'm just glad I don't have to sit there and be like, Dawkins, he's wearing Wolverine's clothes. Who's that? And then everybody is like sitting in the same frame talking about this. You know what I mean? Just Bendis writing sometimes yeah. loses me. But Hickman, what he has done and what he has set up going on is it's going to be. Well, and I'm the, excited. To the cool thing is he sets years. it up for himself. Yeah. Um, this is his baby. This is his wheelhouse cosmic. And if you go back and read his Fantastic Four, a lot of the stuff that happens. You have absolute. There's no way you could know at the time that it's setting up for the for Infinity, but it was. I mean, yeah. three years in advance, a lot of stuff he writes is incorporated in Infinity. Sometimes it's in the tie-ins with the New Avengers and stuff when they go to the different planets and stuff. Um, but there's all kinds of hints and stuff, and I can only imagine that he's setting up stuff in in, in Infinity that he's going to bring up, you know, later in other. You know who I would really love? Well, I I don't want to say that because. Guardians of the Galaxy is really good right now. But I would love Bendis on Guardians of the Galaxy. But anyways. He is on Guardians. Or not Bendis. Uh, Hickman. Hickman, I mean. Yeah. But I really like Guardians of the Galaxy right and now. And it's, it's supposed to deal with some of the aftermath of Infinity, supposedly. Yeah. And it's had some de- some good time. I feel yeah. like the reason I like Hickman on an Avengers book is the Avengers books, to me, should be set up like the movies are. You have these individual plot lines and many things that slowly build into this big epic story with a major villain in the background that comes forward. Um, and that's kind of what Infinity did, where you have all these, you have this event going on, all these little like things that keep you to the side, and like, oh, something's coming, but we don't know what, and then wham, Infinity kicks in, and everything goes into overdrive. Um, and Hickman's really good with that. In a lot of his books, he writes that, where you think the problem's here or here or here, and you don't realize till the big thing happens that all these things were connected. Stop strangling me, Ricky. <laughs> What's so exciting is <laughs> no, no. you guys haven't read it yet. <laughs> is no. anybody else? Oh, sorry, go ahead. It, um, when I forgot, I wasn't strangling. Austin kind of got me excited. Um, <laughs> That's a you got Austin excited, too. <laughs> <laughs> excited for uh, Infinity number six. <laughs> no, I'll say, like, Thanos at first, like, after reading Infinity Gauntlet and a few of the other times Avengers and uh, people have dealt with Thanos, at first I was kind of like, man, I, do I want another Thanos story? You know what I mean? Like him, the Avengers, and everybody fighting him. And it was, and it was, it was great to have Thanos be the big bad. But I'm telling you guys, what Hickman has set up and things that are going to probably be introduced years to come. It's scary to think of the power level we're going to see in comics. I was going to say, I'm not a huge Thanos fan. Like, That's fine. We well, know you do kiss boys. Wait, I was going to say, we know you kiss boys. 
Um, Thanos. Thanos. I've I've actually heard a decent amount of people say they don't like Thanos. The thing I love about Thanos is. I shouldn't say I don't like him. Like, I loved him in Thanos Rising. I just feel like before that, I felt like he wasn't fleshed out fully. Like, he was just kind of like... kind of weird. He was like this all-powerful, godlike person who had a backstory, but I didn't really get why he was like he was. And I think Thanos Rising kind of won me over, and then all the events in Infinity have kind of really got me to where I do like Thanos now. Thanos... I just wish Jim Starling could write everything that Thanos does for the rest of Thanos' existence because he really dives into Thanos' his character and, and machinations and his drive for the things he does and makes him a good character. Whereas, at the abstract, he just seems like the super powerful dude who gets a hold of something good and, and, tries to kill everybody. and then always ends up screwing it up somehow. Um, the cool thing about Thanos that you don't really realize, for example, with the Infinity Gauntlet, not everybody can take the Infinity Gauntlet and have the power that Thanos had with it. In fact, it, in fact, it happens during the actual event. Somebody who is a super powerful person gets the Gauntlet and they can't do crap with it. And the thing is, Thanos talks of it as basically being a paintbrush. Yeah. Um, whereas he has the mental capacity to and the imagination to use it the way that it's meant to be used. It's not just supposed to be him. What's going on, guys? Paul Walker died. I know. I just saw on my Facebook. Jesus! Is this like when Will Smith died and... No! He died! I don't know. How did Paul Walker die? He drove his car into a tree. Really? Yeah. I saw somebody post on my Facebook feed. You don't know who Paul Walker... Are you an idiot? I probably know. It's just it's a very... Fast and Furious, main character. Oh, duh. Okay, yeah. Now I know who he is. Alright, so anyways... Um... Yeah, talking about Thanos. Thanos really gets guys. fleshed out in his older Kind of. The cool <laughs> thing about Thanos also is he's so power. He's so powerful that he has to defeat himself, or else he's not going to get beat. Like, yeah. and it's not like he usually does something stupid and campy like a sixties cartoon where he slips on a banana peel. <laughs> like it always is a, a lead like he, up to something that happens. It's like he sets it up like that. Like but he that's the thing about Thanos is he in his mind he actually you are always like did he want to lose yeah, the power? Did he want to get beaten? Mm-hmm. Did he want to get beaten? Does he really want to kill all these people? Does he really want to impress death? He's psychotic, and that's, yeah. that's but you don't really know for sure if he really is or not. It's all mental health with it's like with uh, it almost feels like death is like a huge burden to him. Yeah, like it, like he loves her or it or whatever. But he's also like, like I feel like the happiest we all we ever saw Thanos was when he was at the end of Infinity Gauntlet when he's just like sitting. In that house or whatever, peacefully in yeah. the garden or whatever. Yeah, and he's just like, I don't have to worry about anything. I don't yeah. have to worry about any of you. Like he's just like, I'm, I'm happy right here. That's what I'm saying. It makes you wonder. Does he want to lose? Does he really want to wipe out so much of the universe? And when you watch him do the things he does, it's like, yeah, he does. He's fucking. He's a psychopath. Yeah. But then you really there's this side that you know is there, but they won't show you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. in his head. I would almost like to see him as more of like a... Kind of like during... A, was that? Nihil- or Annihilation? He was almost like a anti-hero a little bit. Um, uh, Thanos. Uh, uh, 
Doesn't he join up to fight Adam Warlock? I imperative? know what the you're... The Thanos Imperative? Or whatever. Uh, imper- um, what's it called? Imperative. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. I was going to say, and that's, that's the reason I think Thanos Rising kind of won me over, was it does kind of show that he has a good side. I feel like he was always like that snidely. To but me. he has mental health issues. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he always he had needs that. To be medicated. <laughs> he always had that snidely whiplash kind of feel to me, and that's why I didn't originally like him. Was I felt like he was always ah ha ha. I have the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm going to remake the universe and kill everyone because I love death. But the more I've been reading about him and stuff like that, I'm starting to be won over by the fact that, as you said, it's kind of like he wants to fail and wants death to forget about him, so that way he could be at peace. But he's still crazy. But he still has this other part of him that so strongly desires to be with that. It's people who don't like Thanos don't understand Thanos, don't yeah. read enough Thanos well, and know him enough. That, to that's pretty much. I mean, even during Infinity Gauntlet, he's like wants the Infinity Gauntlet to impress Death, but he also like he wants the Infinity Gauntlet really to become God. You yeah. know, I mean, he wants it for his own. He always has like it's, three or four things that are go- is going on in his head. He's trying to impress himself. He's trying to impress Death, and then some third factor that's always he's always trying different. to make everybody kneel in front of him. <laughs> Hey, Spidey. Uh, anybody else read any different new series lately that they want to mention? Uh, oh, dang it. It's the new Kelly... Mc, what's her name? Kelly McDormand? Pretty something? Well, never mind. Hmm. I don't it's, think I've heard of it. It's really good. Pretty like Woman. A, <laughs> pretty Woman. No, it's like Pretty Deadly or something like that. Anyway. Sounds good. It's really good. I can't even remember the title. That's how good it is. I'm uh, kid, buddy. It I is. got I got two series that I want to bring up. Sex Criminals. Have you guys heard that? Mm-hmm. Really Sounds cool. entertaining. Really cool. Is that one. Fraction? Um, yes. It it's Fraction. fraction. Um, and it's crazy. <laughs> I've read about it a few times. It's really good. Honestly, you guys would like it. I think girls... I think Ashley would really like it. I'm going to make her read it. Um, I can't really... Sp- bring too much information on you without giving away the whole ending of the first one um, and the, the, and the second one. Just know that it's highly recommended. It's extremely well written. The The, um, the uh, dialogue is very, very good. And the premise is that there's a girl, her, her dad dies like page two, and her mom can't cope with it. She becomes an alcoholic, and she... Uh, basically shuts down to her. The girl has all these sexual questions because she's right at, like, puberty age. Things start happening to her. She, like, has her first orgasm by accident. Doesn't really know what's happening. Um, she has these sex questions she can't go to anybody about because her mom does, doesn't want to talk to her. Teachers, you know, public school, you get all these pamphlets and yeah. confusing information at that time that she doesn't know. She asks the slutty girls at school and they tell her all this stuff that's way over her so head. So Hunter's reading a young woman's coming of age. But, well, the second <laughs> one is about a guy. Oh, but it, it <laughs> really be- sold you. <laughs> it, it, no, it really becomes this. It's just so well written. It you'll be sold on halfway through the first issue. Um, the art's really good too. Hunter could sell us on Sex in the City if he really. But halfway it. through, I think this is Sex in the City. <laughs> at the end of the first one, at the end of each of these issues, it's only three issues so far. But at the end, you get a peek into something that's happening in the future, like probably like six issues from now. And it really is is it really piques your interest as to where this overall story might be going, and I highly recommend it. And then the other book that I just started uh, rereading, I haven't read it since I was a kid, um, and I did. I feel like I didn't appreciate it much when I was a kid because it was a little over my head. Now that I read it, it's freaking so much better. Sandman, 
Same Man's really good. Because everyone really, keeps recommending that one to me. It's really fucking good. New, I tell new, you new what game, it feels uh, like to me a little bit. If you, this sounds weird, but if you really enjoy Darksiders, yeah, and that kind of story path, that makes me. I happy. think you'll really like. Oh, uh, Joe Mad, the guy who did all the art for Darksiders, um, he's doing the Inhumans book. Oh, sweet. Which I really, his style is probably on the artist episode. I didn't bring him up. Um, he's probably he's probably my favorite artist. Um, yeah, I like him too. <laughs> the, I bought Thursday at the Black Friday deal at CBU. I got um, the Man Who Laughs because I never read it. By that's, Ed that's a good story. And I read the first half of it, and it's worth picking up. It's really good. It's and it was cool because I did that dial design for the Red Hood, and I kind of got to see, you know, that yeah, side the origins, yeah, kind of. And it was, it's really good. Uh, it's worth picking up. And uh, Brubaker has a new series called Velvet. Oh, I've heard about it. And it's, it was really good. I've read the first issue and I'm waiting for the second one, but it's a, uh, it's something new that if you want to pick up and get into Brubaker, since Fatal's on like issue however many, um, that's also a really good series. But Velvet is a good jumping on spot for if you want to get into Ed Brubaker stuff. Drew, you've been reading anything new lately? Um, there's this webcomic, well, it's not really a webcomic, but it's released exclusively on the web. It's called Double Barrel. It's, uh, it's two comics by, I can't remember their names, but one of them is, uh, I remember one of them. Uh, I didn't really read the other because I was so interested in the first and I didn't really have time. Uh, it's called, like, Heck, or, I can't remember here. here, I'll look it up for you here, Drewster. Yeah. Um, Heck and Crater 15. I haven't read Crater 15, but Heck is a pretty interesting book. It's about a guy who, his basement is a portal to hell. Whoa. And uh, he goes into hell and has a bunch of interactions with hell and goes in there and, you know, talks to people's loved ones for a price, and that's how he makes a living. It's a nice little indie comic. It's... Extremely, there's a lot of content for like two bucks or something, whatever they sell that. But it's really interesting, and I need to read Crater 15 because it looks interesting too. It oh wait, I like... did read. Go ahead, go ahead. I read Crater 15, and it's got an interesting main character. I can't remember his name, but I need to read it again. But it's it's pretty decent, and I recommend it to anyone who like. It's like 99 cents. It looks like the guys who do it are brothers. Uh, yeah. Xander Cannon and Kevin Cannon. I can't remember what they worked on. They worked on something. Um, so, yeah, I, I might check that out. I think a lot of people should check out. There's there's a lot of really good indie and web comics out there that are uh, that they're easy to find. Um, the subreddit for comic books in general actually should have some suggestions. Yeah. Um, we're going to move into the sign-off. I want to bring up YouTube real quick. I've got the YouTube channel up and running. There's not a whole lot of stuff on it yet. There's not going to be a, a ton of stuff coming in all the time, but I'm going to give a steady stream. Uh, I have a Mage Knight review on there. I've got the AVX review on there. Um, I need to invest in a tripod because I can't hold the camera very still while I'm trying to talk. I was going to say, uh, tonight Harry, Harry did a test run of the tripod camera with some of his games, so we got to, we'll get to see how that yeah. worked out. Um, I've got a Desolation of Smog uh, video review that will be coming up. It'll be similar to the Mage Knight where I go through each figure, talk about how good it is, whether it's worth your your money. 
Um, we, I'm also in the process right now of turning the podcast episodes into YouTube videos that can go on YouTube. Yeah. So Whoa. you'll start seeing those go up. They take a long time for me to do, but I'll try to get like five episodes a week or something like that on there until we get caught up. So at, you'll at least have some uh, video reviews and some uh, podcast episodes get thrown up there. Once I get caught up on podcast episodes, we'll start looking into recording matches and uh, maybe we can, hopefully Harry doing some video testing. Hopefully it all goes good and maybe we can get yeah. him to help us out. But Anywho, so subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dial H for Hero Clicks. It'll be, if you go to our Podbean site, it'll be on the right-hand side. There'll be links to our YouTube, our Twitter, which is Dial H4, the number four, Hero Clicks. Uh, and uh, follow us on Facebook, chat with us on there. Dial H4, spelled out for, Dial H for Hero Clicks. And you can also email us any questions and submit your best build teams Remember, 300 points modern, all red, team, or all green. Submit those on Gmail at dialh4heroclicks at gmail.com, and that is also for spelled out. So I want to thank our special guest today. We had Edward Shelton, host of the Starting Over podcast on earlier. Don't forget to subscribe to his YouTube channel. Check out his stuff every week. I want to thank special guest Ricky White. Ricky White! Thanks for having me. And Austin and Drew for being on with us as usual. Yeah, as usual. See you guys. See you see you guys next week with Iron Man Sealed Advice. Later.